I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing, if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explain why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? All right, so Matt has threatened the world by telling me that he has a bit prepared. What's your bit? <laughs> Just the the panicked look of like desperate concentration that Matt just gave as he was put on the spot to like have to do something funny. Perform, bitch. Do something funny. Um, so when they go to give me the coronavirus vaccine, I'm going to ask them to squirt it into my mouth because I'm old fashioned. See, Matt just said that to me and didn't laugh and I didn't laugh. So now he has to say it again. You're laughing now. So it worked. Yeah. So you win. That's on the record as a successful bit. Um, no, man, no, I'm getting, I'm getting Christmas fat. It's great. It's fantastic. I'm just, I'm just, there are too many sweets this time of year. You know what I mean? People fucking love giving each other sweets this time of year. And it's- I, I bought myself eggnog for the first time. Just, I've never, I love eggnog. It is one of my favorite. Well, that's not entirely true. I've bought like spiked eggnog before, mm-hmm. um, but I've never just bought a like thing of eggnog myself for my own personal consumption. It is, that just has always felt just like too decadent. Yes. Like it is one of my favorite food products. And I always, you know, I'm like, I need to consume as much of this as I possibly can yep. before the government takes it away on January 1st. But yep. it's always been like, I need to receive it as a gift. I will go to my parents' house and they will serve it to me and I will enjoy it greatly. But at this time, like this year, you know, it's, we're all going to die. Like, you know, who's going to stop me? Who, who can stop me from living my fullest, fattest life? I will purchase it. I, I drank the whole thing in two days. Oh my God, Rob. I mean, was it like, was it like a quart? It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't like a, like a two gallon thing of eggnog. It was like, you know, like, like a fifth of it. <laughs> okay. Was it a half gallon? I, 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 this is apparently so I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I, because because I, I have never been good with like liquid volume <laughs> measurements. It's always like again, like every all of the liquid volume measurements I know is is it the is it the like the little thing of whiskey or the big thing of whiskey? Yeah, like, yeah. Is it a flask? <laughs> yeah. Is this is this a one day <laughs> thing of whiskey or a multi day thing of whiskey? I've never I've never in my life understood who gets the little flask. You know what I mean? Like, like the like, airplane serving? No, 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 no. The airplane serving. I understand what that's for. Oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, like the the actual like flask size one. Yeah. Like I. I had a, well, not, I was about to say friend and he wasn't really a friend, um, but there was a guy I knew in college who every time there was a party would buy one of those of Fireball and just consume the whole thing in the night. 
that see that yeah see that's the see i asked someone because we were buying liquor one time and a guy did that and he got one of those and i was like fucking why and he was like so i can put it in my back pocket and i was like what i just it was like i I was like okay i guess i kind of understand that like a little bit but like that's it that's all you're gonna get like i don't I don't, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, I never, and listen, I'm a person that loved having alcohol on himself, but I would just yes. bring a backpack, you know? I would uh, just steal from other people. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. that's the main thing. I loved stealing from other people. Nothing my quite- My favorite kind of alcohol is free alcohol. Free, <laughs> exactly. Me and it's my- somebody else's alcohol. If I have alcohol, it's staying at home where I can have it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember just one of the most panicked I ever was, was like, was like, I had like, I was like a freshman in college and I had secured like, like a, like a handle of vodka. And I was like, so fucking happy that I had a handle of vodka. And then like 10 people came over and was like, can we have some of that? And I, and I just stood there in front of these 10 people and were like, no. sat there just staring at me like come on man and i was like no no (laughs) like i'm I'm telling people like they can't come onto my lifeboat just like no no this is no this is mine no i need this i don't and i was like trying to like explain to them like it won't be enough and they were like it's an entire handle man and i was like no no it won't no it won't won't be enough it's it's i need it it's it's mine that and also i just remembered me and my friends, when we were like seniors in high school, we would go to Georgetown parties specifically because the kids at College Park, we were like, they might, they might be able to beat us up. But the Georgetown kids, we had no fear of. You know what I mean? We were just like. Also, you went to Georgetown. Yeah, no, 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 no. But this is no, no, no. This is bef- this is when I was in high school. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm showing my ass by forgetting that people drink in high school because I did not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. But you made up for it. You made up for it. People, people, people in high school got invited to parties. That doesn't sound right. I don't think they had those. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing. Me and my I would have heard about it. They would have surely invited the captain of the model UN team. They, how could they not respect all the gavels I got? You know, it's, you know, you, you want to know how I know that I didn't go to a cool high school and that I went to like, like, I mean, a rich high school, but like still like not a cool one is that uh, the captain of the Model UN team was at the parties I was going to. Oh, yeah. I mean, the truth is I absolutely could have gone to parties was just too much of a whip like it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my friends, we would go to Georgetown and we would try to just just follow groups of people into, into apartments, just mm-hmm. try to like get into parties. And uh, this buddy, uh, Arvin, who just like, you know, the dude in like your crew that just like always has a backpack. Like, yeah. I don't know, that, that, that was Arvin. We would just, I remember like a few times we would just fill it full of like empty water bottles and then just go up to like the jungle juice or whatever it was and just start filling it up. And just, it was just, we would just go to Georgia and just constantly, we would just try to steal. I remember one time we used like a uh, ice scraper someone had in their car and we pulled it and mm-hmm. they were like, like, uh, like doors and it was like, but it was like bars, right? And we just saw like a 30 rack. And we're just like reaching through and like, this is, this is like midnight on like a Saturday. And we're just a group of high school kids just reaching through with a fucking ice scraper and we like tip it over and we like rip out the thing. We're just beer, 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 just stealing beer from these fucking and just, 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 and I remember I always carried a knife 
for some reason, which always made everyone feel very, actually much more unsafe than safe. Really? That's surprising. I don't know why. Yeah. Is it surprising that I carried a knife? Uh, no, it's not. No. no. That's probably the least surprising thing. Yeah. But it was very dull. So, you know, it's more for show than for go. You know what I mean? But uh, what's it called? Yeah. More for show in that everyone would respect you more if you had a knife. Yeah. 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 Well, as a, as a, as a buddy of mine in LA once said, listen, here's why you carry a knife. Because yes, if you get confronted, you're not going to be able to stab everyone, but no one wants to be the one stabbed. I have good friends in LA. <laughs> good upstanding citizens. Yeah. This is the same dude that just said to me one time, you ever just piss on a bitch? <laughs> just like, no, no kids I have. Then he proceeded to tell me about how this girl asked him, she was just like, I want you to piss all over me. And he was like, should I put something down? And she was like, no. And he was like, whatever, it's your bed. So just, just, this man was in a, like a, like a institutional position over me, by the way. So what a pimp. I remember, I love those guys that like you hung out with, but like, like didn't really hang out with, would just kind of show up and you'd be uncomfortable about it. Yep. Like <laughs> one of one of the dudes that I like was friends with really just so that I could like get drugs because he knew where to get drugs. Mm-hmm. Like we were hanging out once because he had drugs and I wanted drugs and so he came over to do drugs and <laughs> but like you know these were very like white bread like 19-year-old drug we were smoking weed, you yeah. know. But the, he also brought the dude who was supplying him with him, oh, who was just, you know, was a drug dealer, mm-hmm. was, you know, a guy and not like something else and a drug dealer. Like, you know, I bought off a lot of people who were like students at college with me, but also sold drugs. This dude was just a drug dealer. Yep. Yep. That was that was his whole thing. Yep. He, wasn't, <laughs> just, he wasn't like a volunteer firefighter. He was like a career yeah yeah he was on he was on the track you know he'd put in yeah. years you know yeah, yeah. He, was in, he was in the drug dealer union yeah 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 exactly yeah um and just so you know he just like my roommates were already not happy that i was inviting like just this strange dude that i invited over sometimes when i like had a need and then yep. when that strange dude that they didn't really like showed up with an even stranger dude like they were not like particularly happy but you know, we go we go back and go in the back to like do our do our deal, like yeah, <laughs> halfway through and like I don't I there's a part of me that's always been like did I invent this because by the time this was happening I was very stoned yeah but like this this drug dealer that had shown up with my with my acquaintance started talking about like how you know I just you know I love women but they're so bad for you man like every time I'm with a woman they're just like yo you got to do some heroin with me, buddy. And like, you know, you don't want to, but you know, they just, they talk you into it and you just, you end up doing the heroin and like, you know, women are bad for you. Just, yes. you know, like, yeah. Uh, uh, I would just like you to imagine what was happening just with just, me as this was happening. In your mind, like, you're like, what, like, like 19? Probably thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. And just someone just trying to explain because it's like what the fuck do you say to that i mean you just gotta be like yeah man totally just that's so cool that does in fact relate deeply to my lived experience exactly yeah yeah i mean that's yeah i feel like i think i I might have been a virgin when this happened (laughs) 
like yeah i can't i can't imagine doing literally anything with a girl my friend yes like that is yes. like but particularly not heroin that's that's really <laughs> i mean but I, a part of me is like if that's what it takes man oh absolutely are you kidding me are you fucking kid before i ever had sex if you were like like literally if a woman had said to me uh i'll fuck you if you shoot up i would have been like yeah absolutely yeah it's clean needle right right i believe you can we just run like a we run like a um run like a lighter over that real quick i'm not asking any questions or making any stipulations yeah it really it, it really is like women could do whatever they wanted to like a virgin man if they were like i'll have sex with you like it really this would be like this would be like can i have your credit card i'd be like absolutely yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. It's my parents. Do anyway. you want this one, or would you like me to open a new one for you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you want to know my? You want to know my blood type? That, that's fine. Yeah, I'll figure that out. Here, let me call my mom. Okay. Uh, yeah. God damn, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Just, just. I don't know why. Like drug dealers are always freaks. Like, 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 like the people that are just like straight drug dealers. Like, there's never like, what's it called? There's never. They're never like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, honestly. You know who I was? I was the friend that was always just like, oh, oh, you got, oh, yo, can I get a hit of that? That was me every time. I bought drugs like maybe five times in my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and always from like the same guy who like, I think I played lacrosse with. Like, uh, honestly, yeah. I Yeah, heard- I really liked drugs. I did a lot of things to get drugs. Oh yeah, me too. But I was always just like, oh yo, can I get a hit of that? I was just really no, I, I again I I don't want someone else's drugs. I want my drugs. Yeah. I don't want to share, really. I remember <clears> like one of the few times that I just had my own drugs. I remember being like having this thought of like, oh, I should like share this with the guys that are always smoking me up. You know what I mean? And then I was just like, nah, these are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we we might have to cut most of that, but, <laughs> but anyway, hello and welcome to you're gonna hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Rob. My name is Rob too. His uh, name is Matt. My name is, um, my name is Joe. <laughs> my name is the, my name is Judge. Did you ever read the article about the guy that got into like? collecting like antique opium pipes and then just ended up addicted to opium in like fucking Thailand. You ever read that? No, but that seems like the only way that story ends. But anyway, this is a film podcast where <laughs> every week uh, we talk about two movies, generally one assigned by me and the other assigned by you. But this month, and we are concluding this month now, this is the last entry this month. We've been taking a look back at big budget blockbuster filmmaking over the last decade, uh, contrasting one uh, film that hit and one that flopped. And this week we are contrasting a sort of original auteur driven works. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> and so our first film is Christopher Nolan's Inception from 2011. Roll that trailer. Get ready for that weird sound drop. What's the most resilient parasite? An idea. A single idea from the human mind can build cities. An idea can transform the world and rewrite all the rules. Which is why I have 
have to steal it. Never recreate from your memory. Always imagine new places. He's hiding something, and we need to find out what that is. We gotta break out of here. In the kick! This was not a part of the plan! My man loves weird sound drops. Welcome back from the trailer. Can and I, might I add? Womp. Womp. Can I just say real quick? I invented that. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I just want credit where it's due. Uh, but I would remember that. Christopher Nolan's Inception, created in the year of our Lord, uh, 2011. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Um, I remember well, this- that. How do you remember that? Because that was a really bad summer for me. Anyway, <laughs> that was a really terrible summer. Um, yeah, do the math, folks, uh, if you know me. Uh, anyway, yeah, no. So, um, but this came out in 2011. This is actually an idea I think he first came up with in like the 90s or early yep. 2000s. Yep. It was like he, I think after either Memento or Insomnia, he started like writing up this movie about like dream thieves. Um, I think it initially was supposed to be a horror movie, um, which is interesting. He's never really made one. I, I have, like, I think he's a good director. Maybe he could pull it off, but like, it just is int- like it's so outside of what he normally does. And like, I just start thinking about the like ostensibly scary scarecrow scenes in Batman Begins, which Those again I found. Me. Sorry. Those scared me. Those scared me a lot when I first saw it at like. 14 or whatever but re-watching it recently is like this is not scary yeah. um, it's not but, yeah it's not it okay yeah. i haven't seen it since then i mean again I, it's like geared towards like a a teenager obviously it's a pg-13 movie so it's you know it's like more spooky than scary i don't know it didn't Teenagers are so fucking stupid this is correct but anyway i think you realize like i do not i am not at this time after making like two mid to low budget and wars like capable of making this like huge budget like high concept dream thieves movie like i'm gonna i'm gonna save that one for later um which and is, makes the sorry go ahead i know i was just gonna say which is like incredible um like uh i'm trying to think uh, what, what restraint was, yeah 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 for yeah. like a director especially a director of his caliber because directors famously uh crazy people uh yes you know what i mean right who 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 you know i mean part of the role of the studio is literally just to be there to be like no no i need to like you know and sometimes that fucks up but sometimes that really helps and no my props to christopher where is he from is he australian no he's english english that's right that's i don't like him okay across the pond from across the pond why do they call it a pond it's an ocean doesn't make any sense. Yeah, someone should do something about that. I'm going to if I'm elected. I'm going to kill Merriam and and Webster. That's, they, they, who are who are responsible for that? That's where slang comes from, the dictionary. That's right. Listen, I've been sending them. I've been sending them threatening letters for years, 
telling them that they had all the clues and could have saved her and not telling them who her is because there isn't a her, but I just want them to feel uneasy. That might be Miss, a crime I've described. Miss, are you just, are you describing the plot of the snowman? Mr. Police, you could have saved her. I gave you all the clues. Well, I gave you all the clues, Mr. Rob, but you can't prove that that's what I was doing. So you could have saved this Mr. Bit. Dictionary Man, you could have saved her. Yeah, did you see that they just discovered the Zodiac Code? Oh, uh, one of them. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, I didn't read what it said. I'm sure it said something like that. <laughs> anyway, what's it called? That dude should just say who he is. Who cares? He's probably going to die soon anyway. He might already be dead. Yeah, what a dick move that would be if you were the Zodiac Killer and right before you died, you didn't go like, it was me. Come on. <laughs> Maybe he's waiting for them to solve the last puzzle. If I, if you were a serial killer and you were like on your deathbed, would you say anything or no? I, I don't know. That's very far outside of my range of experience, Matt. Mm. I have trouble imagining what it would be like to be a serial killer. I think I would tell my family and just be like, do this what you will. <laughs> what a shithead thing to do. Live with this. Goodbye. Hello, family. I'm going to further ruin your life. Exactly. I know you're all very sad that I'm dying, but listen, let me make it a little less sad. I killed like 30 people. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure this will make my death very uncomplicated for you. Yes. You're going yeah. to feel, listen, you're going to feel better. Stop crying. I've killed, I've killed hundreds. And hundreds. Mr. Policeman could have saved them all, but I gave him all the clues, but. All right. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much, like, I know, like, the story that has been told is that it was Christopher Nolan's complaint, or restraint that kept him from making this movie too early. I, I wouldn't be surprised if an element of it was, like, hey, you know, from the studio's angle, like, hey, we liked Insomnia, that was a nice little thriller you made us, but we're not going to give you $150 million to make this insane movie that does not make any sense. Yes. Like. Yes, you need to make it one dark night before you do that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, th th and that is the only reason that this movie exists because Christopher Nolan made the dark Knight and it made a billion dollars. Yes. Yeah. This is the, this is the kind of movie that you only get to make when you make someone a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then this movie, like, again, is like a complete vanity project, like so weird and out there. Like you expect it, like, again, like that, this would probably be a little bit of a come down from the Dark Knight. I am sure that they kind of imagined it would be like, I imagine the calculus the studio made in their head was, okay, we're going to have to throw a little bit of money away on this movie, but we will make it back when we convince him to make another Dark Knight movie. But in fact, this movie then went on to make a billion dollars itself. And uh, at that point, Christopher Nolan, I think forever gets to make whatever movie he wants. Um, yes. Agreed. Like he's, Literally, I, you know, I, a year or two ago, I think I mentioned this before, but Warner Brothers announced they were no longer going to work with auteurs. Like, they just don't want to work with any directors who are going to demand Final Cut. They just want, like, they were literally like, we only want to work with Studio Hex. Except Clint Eastwood, who, you know, what, he's going to make, like, two more movies. Like, we're not, we're not that worried about it. Um, and yeah. also, weirdly, is, like, a very profitable filmmaker, just, I think, in large part because he is so... Like, I think he's a good filmmaker, but is like notoriously lazy, like in a way that like benefits production is just always like, uh, that's good enough. I don't want to continue being here. I'm not going to 
you know, do an extra week of reshoots because not because it will save the studio money because I am completely disinterested in that. The movie is fine. Thank you very much. We're done. Um, yeah, that's why he's the king, honestly. He's, I mean, an insane person and very po- problematic yes. in a lot of ways, but also very cool. Um, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, easily one of the coolest men to ever live. Uh, uh, an, an unbridledly problematic person, absolutely. However- remember, remember when he was the keynote speaker at the RNC and he yelled at a chair? Brother, I will never forget that because <laughs> I, watched, I think I watched that live because it was on at my grandparents' house while we were having a family reunion. <laughs> so yeah, that was so cool. I watched that happen and like turned to my grandparents and I was like, you're gonna vote for these guys? Like, <laughs> you see this shit? And they were like, absolutely we are. He's making a lot of good points to that chair. And I was like, you guys are so cool. I love my Republican grandparents. I don't know, people always <laughs> complain about the Republican grandparents. It's like, listen, that's two votes, okay? And listen, they're so funny. Yeah, sure. Um, they, but yeah, the, the only other guy other than Eastwood who still gets to make like their own movies basically is Nolan. Christopher Nolan? Christopher Hello. Nolan. My name is Christopher Nolan. I'm going to make a popcorn <clears throat> movie. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I mean. I, I, will, I wonder if that will survive Tenet. Tenet, because that was... Tenet, Tenet, the film Tenet, the which is a normal name for a, an action movie. Tenet. I mean, I mean, that's such a funny thing that happened because the man, like, possibly single—I mean, not single-handedly, obviously—but like, I mean, like, he might have just killed. Like, I mean, how many movie theater companies do you think he just killed? Like, at least one of them isn't making it through. Like the next like yeah. year or two. And like, you can like, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, listen, what I'm about to say something and cancel me for it, if you will. All right. But it's like the Holocaust. You can't blame that on one person. Right. But like, interesting direction that we're going. Yeah. You know, this is very normal and regular. That's right. No, I, well, that's because I am normal and regular. Also, because I watched a bunch of like Schindler's List clips the other day, because I, don't know why I do that to myself. Uh, I also watch, they have so many Nazi execution videos on YouTube. It's crazy. Just Happy like, Hanukkah. Yep. Oh yeah, no, no, that's why I was watching it. I was just like, bro, I just watch it from time to time. They're just stock footage of like Nuremberg shit where they're just like, yeah, no, yeah, this guy killed like 10 Jews. So time to go, buddy. And they just incredibly matter-of-factly hang these people. It's pretty cool, actually. No sound though. Um, but yeah, no, um, what was I saying? Um, that tenet is like the Holocaust. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. That, I think I was calling Christopher Nolan Himmler. Of the, Interesting. Of the movie theater Holocaust. Um, yes. Yes. Yep. I think. <laughs> and that that is that is a bit that you're committing to. You've decided this is this is the the hill that you would like to die on. You have no reservations about this this statement that you have made. Yep. So, so to clarify, Tenet, again, Christopher Nolan film released for Warner, Warner Brothers. That's who he works for. There, again, he's he's their 
one auteur, or at least soon to be one auteur. Like, can't imagine Eastwood has that many more decades in him. How old but, is Clint Eastwood? I mean, the man was making movies in like, like I mean, what he was like making movies. When when are the when are the fistfuls start? That's like sixty seven or something. Might even be earlier, like early to mid sixties. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And no, he, he, I mean, he. He doesn't look young in those movies either. I mean, I think he's one of those guys who never looked young, young, yeah. but still, yeah. He looked about, he looked between like 38 and 48, basically until he was about like 60 and then has looked about 82 the entirety of that period. Yes. Yeah. Um, Although as anyway, amazing uh, YouTube compilations, if you catch my game, <clears throat> there's one in particular that but, I return to time and again. Because Christopher Nolan is the man who made Warner Brothers a billion dollars off this weird movie about dream thieves that doesn't really make any sense. You know, he went to them and was like, hey, I want to make a movie about like World War Three, but also time travel and uh, boats, I guess. I don't know. I've seen the trailer for Tenet. I don't know what it's about. I thought yeah. about watching it because it's on streaming now, but you have to buy it and I'm not paying 20 bucks for that. No, thank you. Insane. Um, I mean, I will gladly pay 20 bucks to see it in a theater when I'm not, you know, yeah. literally risking my life, but I'm not paying 20 American dollars to watch it on my shitty TV at home. Especially like, when, like, you already tried to release it in fucking theaters, buddy. Like, I'm sorry. Well, that, that's what I'm getting to. So Christopher Nolan is, uh, to borrow a, ter a term from you earlier, like, I think kind of a Grey Lodge film advocate. Like, he go. is... I think he may, he is very big on like pushing people to respect film as an art form, mm -hmm. um, which is something that in concept I agree with. You know, he's big on like you should see when possible, uh, it's better to see films in the theater, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. You're talking know. about how like the, the theater basically is the closest any of us normal people are going to ever get to like the experience of like sensory deprivation. You know what I mean? And that it right. really, yeah. Like, you know, why someone could be, you know, sucking a dick two rows down and you don't even notice. You're just full in the head. I, yes. I need to not talk for a little bit, okay? I'm having a... It was better, it was better than Nolan is Himmler. Um, well, I didn't call him Hitler, so, you know. If, if that is the line of defense you would like to pursue, that is open to you. That's what I got. That's what I got. <laughs> But yeah, and it has even been like uh, an advocate even for like, you should see a film on the intended like uh, aspect ratio and film stock. Like he was like really when Dunkirk, which was his last movie came out, he was really big on like, I shot this movie in 70 millimeter, which is like the largest standard film stock uh, short of IMAX. It's like, you should see it in a theater that is projecting it on 70 millimeter, which a lot of theaters do not because it is big and unwieldy and more expensive to do so. It looks better, obviously, if you see it on the intended format, but a lot of theaters will skimp out and be like, hey, it's cheaper and, e cheaper and easier this way. We're just going to show it on 35. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and so he, he is an advocate for these things that I fundamentally agree with, can kind of honestly be a little grating and annoying about it. Yes, Matt, you are raising your hand. I am raising my hand. Uh, question. Um, is the millimeter, is that how big the film is? Pretty much, yeah. It's Look the size that. of the film stock. Yeah. 20 years in the industry. Remember that joke? That was, <laughs> that was a bit you maintained for a long time. Yeah. It was, and then I literally forgot about it until just now. Anyway, you were saying about something, and I was thinking about my thing instead. Continue. 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, I think that he is, he is advocating for causes that I agree with. I don't know that he, like, people get annoyed by him doing these things. They're like, fuck off. If I want to watch a movie on my phone, I'm going to watch a movie on my phone and you can fucking suck my dick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that. I don't, I don't think you are bad for doing that. I think you are missing out on something. But if you don't care, you you don't care. That's fine. He can be. I think I'm bad for doing that. I think you're bad for a lot of reasons, Matt. You're the Himmler of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm the Reinhardt Heydrich of this podcast. Thank you. Who I share a birthday with. That's literally that's literally true. That's a congratulations. I think yeah. he might be the most famous person I share a birthday with. Uh, I am exactly one year older than Bryce Harper. Um, I think we've accomplished about the same amount of stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I, but, I mean that unironically. How many World Series has he won? <laughs> Big old zero. How many um, have you won? Big old zero. So I don't know. Yeah. Suck yeah. me, Bryce. Get a real name. Anyway. Yeah. I also get paid $300 million to go to my job. That's um, right. You do. It's a pretty sweet yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. I get paid um, $1 million. Yeah, and I don't ever have to go to Cincinnati. So, no. ooh, I I have gone to Cincinnati. And let me I actually that. have been to Cincinnati. I actually like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's um, fine. You know, Cincinnati's like I just couldn't place. think of a, a a sadder baseball town off the top of my head. Oh um, no, yeah, I, uh, like maybe Pittsburgh, but then I mean, at least I like you, Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh's fine. You get to live in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a great baseball stadium too. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Pittsburgh kind of does it right because they just, they're one of those, or I might, I might be thinking of Philly where they have them like all like together and just like. Yes, Philly yeah. Philly has one giant parking lot yes, where exactly. they have sequestered all of their arenas. Yeah, um, and it's. Which is simultaneously about. like, you know, maybe an efficient use of space, but also so depressing. Well, also because let me tell you something, as someone, as a, as a, uh, sports fan of, of teams that are rivals of I think like basically all of the Philly teams that's a long walk back to the car you gotta walk yes. like a mile past Philly sports fans that's that's my dad literally yeah made, but yeah. they're very nice yeah exactly yeah famously, <laughs> yeah, famously, famously nice incredibly, my dad did they offer you any batteries oh brother did they listen I have never give them both. away I have never been called the F slur more times in my life in succession as, and I want to stress this, a literal child than when I wore a Redskins jersey to, to Eagle Stadium. I, uh, the last time I was at a Phillies game, I, uh, I was sitting behind a row of very Philadelphia people. Um, yeah. it's, was there like me and my college buddies we have a tradition like obviously in the before times where like every year we would try and get together and go to a baseball game mm-hmm. and that year we went to a phillies game and so we were just we were out in the cheap sets cheap seats and like the outfield upper deck and okay. you know it was great it was a lovely game but Bet- between like two teams i did not care at all about it was the phillies and i don't even remember um but i i just i, I made a comment when Ryan Howard, um, a former star, emphasis on former for the Philadelphia yeah. Phillies came up, yeah. who, you know, right at the peak of his stardom, they offered him a massive contract and then he almost immediately got not that great. And I just made a like really just offhand comment about like, oh yeah, I'm sure they don't regret that contract. And the just most Philadelphia lady in the world um, turned around and gave me the meanest look i have ever received from a person i thought that i was about to be shanked with a beer bottle 
uh, she was also pregnant, very pregnant. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, god damn it! There, I mean, what a terrible town. I'm sorry. Like, I, god damn it! I don't know why are they so mean. I don't know. I'm like not a nice person, and even I'm like, come on, buddy. Like that is. I am a person who has who is. I am like a. I'm, I'm better now, but I used to be like just terrible, just like as a sports fan. And even I'm like, I mean, I literally yelled a lady out of a stadium one time, right? And even I'm like, come on. I go to Philly and I'm like, too much. Yeah, I, I literally have worn a Yankees jersey to Fenway Park and received better treatment than I have at the <laughs> with the Phillies. Well, that's because that's because Red Sox fans are known for being so nice. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking anyway. of which, the reason I yelled that lady out of the stadium is because she would not stop calling people in the Redskins the N-word. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, an old lady, an old lady, yeah, I think I called her the C-word, and which, you know, cancel me if you want, but I think that cancels out. And then an old lady turned around and I was like, I'm about to get yelled at, and she was like, thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. I felt like a hero, because I am. There you go. All right. Oh. Anyway, we were talking about Tenet. <laughs> I mean, we weren't even talking about Inception yet. We we're still talking about Tenet. Yeah, a movie neither of us have seen and won't see on principle. Yes, but because I think because of Inception, Christopher Nolan can forever make whatever movie he wants. I don't, again, I don't know about forever, but at least like well, I think even, even more than The Dark Knight, I think Inception, because like that's like obviously like a like. He took what I mean. The Dark Knight was always going to be a hit. Yeah, it would be like yeah. a, a a it would be a historic flop if like a Batman movie like that did not end up being you know at least a sizable hit. That would that is the kind of thing, like the failure of the Mummy, that would like maybe doom a studio at least for a while. Yeah. You know. Did, now, now you might know this. Did the 1997 Batman? Now did that like actually flop or did it just underperform? I, I've never actually known. Uh. I know it was a disappointment. I don't know. I genuinely don't know to what degree. Yeah. Because um, there's just, because like with any property like that, you're just going to get a certain amount of people that are just going to go see it. You know right. what I mean? Like, I mean, but, you had, yeah. I mean, I mean, you had two bad Star Wars prequels and like, I mean, I mean, it's not like, I mean, like the third one was like a commercial success still. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, um, but, it, but like, you know, the, like the Dark Knight does like, even better than expected. It is just exactly. a massive world bestriding hit. And because of that, he gets to make his weirdo passion project. And yeah. which again, would normally, then... which then was almost as big of a hit. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and because of that, like for a long time, he could, you know, you want to make a movie where Matthew McConaughey goes into a black hole to like meet his daughter. Sure. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, then it's another hit. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, Interstellar was a little bit of a disappointment. Like it, I think they were expecting it to do Inception numbers, and it didn't yeah. quite. But like, it did fine. Um, get, someone won an Oscar off it, didn't they? I don't think so. No, no. no. Um, I know Jackie really liked it, and I, I, she was like, "You have to watch it. You're gonna love it." And then honestly, I watched it, and I was like, "Not for me." And I actually, I. I was mixed on it when I first saw it, but when I rewatched it recently, I actually really enjoyed it. There's still, again, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. There's still some really fundamentally stupid things in it, but I have a high tolerance for like 
kind of whack science fiction that is like very emotionally earnest, which is earnest is uh, an odd flavor for Nolan, but I think the movie wears it well in that mm -hmm. case. Um, for the most part, again, like Anne Hathaway's speech about how love is like gravity is very dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, this is an incredibly digressive episode so far, but Tenet, Tenet, Tenet. Focus, focus round. Um, again, because he is the man who made Inception, he can go to them and be like, again, I want to make this movie that's about World War III and also time travel and uh, who the fuck knows. I do not understand from the trailer what the movie is about. And I don't believe that anyone else can tell me. The reviews I have read of it are pretty much, yeah, I watched that movie. It is, you know, nice to look at and well put together in a lot of ways. I still don't know what it's about. Um, who's in it? Who's the main character? Uh, Brian David Washington is yeah. the main character. He's the son of Denzel, uh, was the star of uh, 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 Black Klansman, which is a very, yeah. very good movie, very good in it. Um, it's also got like Pattinson and a, uh, I think a bunch of other like kind of Nolan standbys. Michael Caine, I believe, is in it because he's like legally obligated to be in every Christopher Nolan movie. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, but because Nolan is such a like theater purist like I'm sure Warner Brothers was planning on like just putting it out on streaming once COVID land became a thing but Nolan was like no we must put it in a theater that is the only way to experience it and like Christopher I don't know if you watch the news but uh, uh there's a global pandemic he was like not my problem yeah and I mean I am I would imagine that they, if they had just held on to it until whenever, hopefully next year, we are able to go out and do things again, probably would have been a decent sized hit. Um, yeah. But, you know, just they need something this year to make money. You know, I'm sure that like they're doing okay on like streaming rentals and such, but like ultimately you need, if you're a movie studio, you need to put out a movie to make money. Yeah. And so, you know, Disney, I think, did pretty well putting out Mulan. Some other studios have had success like that on streaming. But again, because Christopher Nolan is Mr. See It in the Theater, which, again, is not an impulse that I have any objections to, except when, like, we need to put it out in a theater in the middle of a pandemic. And the thinking was like, okay, we're not going to make a lot of money any individual week. But like probably over time, it will like eventually make a decent amount of money just picking up a couple million dollars here and there each week fucking how like how like how like 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 look i'm no fucking economist right but i hear that and i'm like look you're already limited to the number of theaters that are going to be able to show this and the number of people that are going to be able to be in the theater the, right, the number of tickets they're going to sell every every aspect you have there which leads to ticket sales is 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 handicapped like immediately off the bat, right? Like, like, like by you not just like waiting until all of those variables are gone, right? Like you are like, why? And yeah, and it's, 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 it's a very bad plan and it didn't work. I mean, like Tenet was like number one at the box office for a very long time but it just never really made that much money domestically. Like it still like ended up making like $300 million, most of it overseas. But like, that's, that's all, not what all you, the places that it, 
and all the places that actually lock down. Yeah. Yeah, but like, that's not what you want to make off a two hundred million dollar movie, assuming that you're going to have like a hundred million on marketing. Like, at best, yeah. it broke even. I would I would be surprised if it didn't lose money. Um, yeah, uh, and I think that the failure of what was supposed to be Warner Brothers tentpole for this year, I think in large part is what led to them deciding that they're going to premiere everything that they have on streaming next year. Um, which again is yeah. one of those it's things that has caused everyone to freak out and be okay. like, are movies over? Are we done with movies? Because um, that's the kind of yeah. thing that could kill the theatrical model. Um, so Christopher Nolan, by trying to preserve the theatrical distribution of his one film may have killed theatrical distribu- distribution like overall. That's right. Um, that's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, much like, um, not not saying it again. Uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. You will pay for your crimes, Christopher. I will find you. I will find you. You'll be in Buenos Aires one day, and you'll be walking. I mean, he, he has been one of the most like one of the most vocal people in terms of being like, "Fuck you, Warner Brothers. What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, basically, yeah. every director who works for or has like a movie coming out for Warner Brothers has been like, "No, fuck you guys," because apparently Warner Brothers did not consult them. Like, I think most, most of them found out when Warner Brothers made the announcement, yeah. which upset a lot of people. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many, how much influence those people have at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like, look, I'm not, I'm never going to take the side of the studio just on principle. Right. I mean, you know, most, you know, mostly. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's also like, I, I don't know. I don't know. No good guys. Except for me. I'm the good guy. Uh, But Inception. We should talk about Inception specifically because this is a like in a lot of ways a really unique film. Um, And I don't even mean in terms of like the story it is telling. Just the fact that it is again like a completely original idea um, that was uh, like an auteur passion project that just got made at this scale. Like that doesn't really happen a whole lot anymore. Like, I think we'll talk about this with the next movie, but like, if you want to like inject some personality into your movie and you're not like, like there are a couple of guys like Spielberg who are kind of like grandfathered into getting to do whatever they want. Yeah. But for the most part, if you're a guy who wants to make something original at like a large scale, you need to like fit it in to some sort of a pre-existing IP. Like if you're Brad Bird and you want to make a movie about how we've like lost faith in the future, you need to make it about Mickey Mouse. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, you um, do. Apparently. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. so I don't think it's like irrelevant that this came at the beginning of the decade before that impulse was totally solidified. Like, yeah. I don't know that if Christopher Nolan had made The Dark Knight in 2015 rather than 2008, that a couple of years later, he would have gotten to make this. Yeah. They might've just said, no, if you want to do something interesting, you better work it into Batman 3. Yeah, 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 Batman. Batman, uh, honestly, Dark Knight Rises mixed with Inception would have been the most insane fucking thing. Like I can't, and, and, and so no, so I'm very happy that this movie got made when it did because this, this, I mean, I think you're right. I think that this is something that we don't, and I shudder to think, might really never, I mean, never say never when it comes to the movies, but like, like 
this might be the product of a bygone era at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like everything, I mean, things have been commercialized like this for so, and monetized like this for so long, but like now I think, especially with like the streaming model, you know what I mean? Right. And with just the model of like, I mean, just everything is just like, how much blood can we squeeze from this stone? Like, I mean, like, I mean, this was a, I mean, I don't want to say this was a gamble because again, you're having like one of the most successful auteur directors of our generation, like go out and make a movie, you know, a man that just like is allergic to not making money basically on his movies, you know what I mean? So like, but like, I mean, like this movie was more than just like a big hit. Like this was like a cultural touchdown in a way that we kind of talked yeah. about like how funny it was that like Avatar, a movie that I believe made more money than this movie, oh, just, yeah. just just wasn't at the same scale. Like yeah. this movie, like people were making like, I mean, like people, I remember when this came out, like it was like a thing, like people were talking about, like in conversation, like I went and saw this movie based purely off of buzz. Like not yeah. because I really knew, all I knew was like it was dreams within dreams. That's all I knew. Right. But I was like, well, everyone's talking about this movie. And I was like, in order for me to really participate in the culture as it is now, I kind of need to go see this movie. You know what I mean? Which, right. Yeah. Which like Avatar had in a degree because like it was such an event when it happened, but then that like went away. You know what I mean? Right. I th- Cause I think part of it is like the thing that people, like if you were talking to someone about Avatar, they'd be like, damn, that was cool. Yeah. That's kind of the end of the conversation. Yeah. There's not really a whole lot to unpack there. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I mean, I guess there is, if you want to get into just like how wacko it is that like a movie of that scale is like about like how the U S military is evil. Yeah. Yeah. About how I, I don't think Kong were the good guys. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that's how most people related to that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they yeah. just thought, Oh, there were a bunch of cool blue people and some stuff was happening in space. Like exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think a anyone... lot of middle-aged fathers wanted to die to go to be reborn. A lot of people wanted to uh, become Marshall Applewhite about uh, or Apple, yeah, Applewhite, yeah, Marshall Applewhite about uh, Pandora. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like a long a history. Reference. Sure. Um, there's like a, a long history of like movies attempting to make like kind of left-wing like anti-imperialist like critiques but like needing to smooth it out so much if you want to put it in a blockbuster at least that like it kind of gets totally lost like George Lucas's original idea for Star Wars was literally I want to make a movie about how the Viet Cong were the good guys but I don't think that's what anyone took from that movie um And I don't think that's what anyone took from Avatar, at least not most people, even though it is like more explicit in that critique than Star Wars. But still, you're like, hey, cool blue guys, space stuff. It's real pretty. Cool. Thank you. I want to live on Pandora. I'm sad that I'm not. They literally like the last scene in the movie when they win the war is forcing them to go on a flying machine and leave. You know what I mean? Like, like in a way, very reminiscent of that famous photo of everyone jamming onto that helicopter leaving Saigon. Yeah, like the last flight out of the embassy. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. get out Yankee. Let's go. Have you ever seen, I, I recently was looking at a bunch of um, uh, uh, NVA and Viet Cong uh, propaganda uh, that they like, 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 you know, like, 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 uh, like, like geared towards American GIs. Uh, and it's just all, like, it all looks like, you know, those like advertisements on porn websites that are like, sexy local singles in your area you know what i mean mm-hmm. it literally all looks like that because it's just like stock photos of like hot like white women in bikinis 
but it's basically all just like, GI, your wife is fucking someone who wasn't so stupid to come here. Do you remember a few years ago when Fark tweeted out a picture of like, uh, like a hot dude rebel and a hot lady rebel, like kind of giving yeah. each other eyes and like the, the caption on it was like, imagine you and me like doing revolution together. And like the ad was clearly like, yo, join the FARC and get laid. Yeah, that, but I guarantee you that worked. Like someone went and joined the FARC because they were like, hell yeah, bro, I'm going to get laid. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, dude, fucking soldier of fortune. I mean, the goddamn Rhodesians were just like, goddamn Rhodesians were just like, you want to kill someone? <laughs> right and then like 500 people said yes and then joined the rhodesian army um but anyway we were talking we we were we, we got here by talking about how inception was a genuinely buzzy movie yeah which in comparison to avatar which again was was like a huge event but like didn't really linger and i think that's because like you could have like people had like real conversations trying to unpack this movie and like yeah. try, like you could argue about like what you thought was happening and what you thought it meant and like you know i there was like a real cultural like you know to use a cliche like water cooler moment where you could like argue with your friends about what inception meant and if you didn't see it you were missing out on the conversation exactly yeah that's why i saw i saw it like two weeks after it came out because i was like okay i'm missing out on because everyone was talking about it and i was like i don't know what the fuck any of this means yeah and i think that it's notable that almost like so much blockbuster filmmaking since this has followed more of the avatar model where it's a big event and you want to see the event but like, there's not really a whole lot of conversation afterwards. Like, I'm sure on like, like niche fan websites, like there's a lot of argument about like, you know, Avengers Endgame or whatever. And, you know, like there was a lot of like brouhaha on Twitter about like The Last Jedi and whether Ryan Johnson was like ruining Star Wars. But like, that wasn't something- I'm so happy. Exactly. Like there wasn't, that wasn't something that like penetrated the mainstream discourse. It was just fanboys eating other fanboys. Um, That's actually a pretty good bellwether. If you want to know if something has penetrated the main discourse is, has Matt heard of it? Right. Yeah. yeah. And has he heard of it, heard of it from a place other than Twitter? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter yeah. has really broken that kind of bellwether for me because I really was just like your average shithead, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And now I still, and now I'm an above average because I'm on Twitter. So I understand words like discourse. Yeah, but I mean, anyway, like just to, to over explain something that is mostly irrelevant to this, like the, the Last Jedi, the, the second of the more recent like main Skywalker, Skywalker like Star Wars movies um, was like the one with Luke Skywalker. And, you know, he was like, ah, I'm an old grizzled old man, fuck the force, all this is bullshit. And like, also there was like, you know, it was kind of a, you know, it made an effort to be like racially inclusive, like to include like, you know, female and like Asian characters and whatnot and have like a message of inclusivity. And would you believe that there were some weird people on the internet who were like, you have ruined Star Wars. And- Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it immediately started in that first Star Wars reboot where they were like a black stormtrooper. Right, yeah, but like, that that movie in particular got the most hate as like um, the yeah. SJW Star Wars movie. Yeah, um, what, what that first one or the one where it was like where it was the like, Last Jedi is what I'm talking lady about. Lady in space. 
Yeah, they like they bullied the actress who played that person like off of Twitter and like Dis- Disney had to like issue public comments on it and yeah, like I I just don't like cuz you and I are both men who like both love Star Wars and like like I know why why stormtroopers uh, are different heights in the original ones and that's because um they stopped doing the cloning program and so they uh, just had to start actually recruiting and so right. Uh, in that phase and that's why which is also why like yeah like a black stormtrooper actually like could be a real thing of course like you could have a stormtrooper of anything you know what i mean uh yeah so um fucking that's a checkmate but like i don't i mean i'm well i'm as i'm saying it i'm just like oh no people are just racist okay that makes sense right that's yeah and it was also the kind of thing where like people are a little like i think it was also genuinely people are overprotective of star wars and just want exactly what they have always gotten like yeah. they don't they like a, a lot of the anger was the fact that like at least for the first part of the movie luke was portrayed as like embittered and grizzled like they didn't like that they're like no i just want i want exact like i just want exactly what i got in the previous one like don't don't have a take basically don't do anything too unusual with this that was actually my favorite of those star wars movies for that reason but like anyway like the point that i was really making is that there was this you know, a, a controversy large enough that like there were like public repercussions of it, but it did not like penetrate the wider discourse. It was isolated to like fanboy communities. Um, yeah. And that, that generally is how the public has responded to these like massive blockbusters, like the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies. Like yeah. if I had like talked to my coworkers about what they thought about the right-wing backlash to the last jedi i would have gotten blank looks from most of them yeah which but like inception there would have been ground for conversation you know at the very least like i think if you talk to anyone about it they would like even if they hadn't seen it they'd be like oh you know i haven't seen it but i have an idea of what you're talking about like i know yeah. that is in the ether and most of like most of those kinds of conversations like have not been in regards to films in the past decade because again, they've mostly opted for this kind of, you know, big but bland Disney model um, where they're, you know, again, they are events, but events that are as smooth and digestible as possible um, with no real angles of attack um, or controversy. Most of the, like the, you know, the big buzzy things have come from TV. Like, you know, I, I, I know I had conversations with my coworkers about like game of thrones over the past few years but like none really about movies yeah 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 and that i mean i mean and that is like you know kind of like an upsetting kind of trend that we're in now we're like yeah like, i mean like literally like i was talking to our roommate um raf and 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 you know we kind of got to like a lull in the conversation or just smoking cigarettes and he just goes so uh, you watch anything good on streaming? You know what I mean? And that's kind of, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah you know, it's like, this is kind of how things are now. And, you know, right, 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 you know, I don't blame him for, right, I wasn't like upset or anything like that, that he said that. Like, like, cause like, honestly, like in 2020, like, yeah, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to ask someone in order to strike up conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but there was a moment where, I mean, you know, right. And I know like he didn't have this moment and that's because he's regular you know what I mean? Right. And I'm the, I know I'm the freak for this. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that I was just like, God damn, like that's, that's what life, that's what life is now. You watch anything good on streaming. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, it's just everyone. I remember like being like at the beach with my friends and we were just talking about like, 
our favorite places to order food from like it's like talking about like kava versus like roti and shit like that now it's just like god damn it and just and there's nothing wrong with my friends that's literally just how things are now but i mean a lot of that is like covid land specific like yeah there's just there's less going on in everyone's life like so there's less to talk about but i going on in my life but yes there is you always got drama baby um but i'm here for yeah but we should probably talk specifically about inception um which starring all of the old favorites starring it really is cool i do like that about nolan about how he's like yeah i work with like these like 10 10 to 20 people yeah and that yeah just over and over again it's fucking you got your cillian murphy you got your joseph gordon levitt you got your fucking Leo DiCaprio. You got your uh, Elliot Page. What's he called? Who, I'm just going to say, unfit, what's it called? Welcome to the team. Welcome to the good guys. And also uh, unfair because uh, he's so fire. What's it called? My man is going to, you know what I mean? My man, I mean, we just picked up a franchise player is what I'm saying. I think that you probably should. I think that what you said was offensive, but it was too incoherent for me to know. Well, what I said, what? No, I said, what's it called? Not. I said, he's a good looking guy. What's it called? And we picked up a franchise player. There was a part of me that feels threatened for that because there's another hot guy on the team. But. Okay. I just genuinely wasn't sure what you were saying. I was just like, and it was just like, so hit the ejector seat. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but Matt is talking about transgender issues. So probably it's bad. Probably we want to avoid. This is the man who just was thrown around. This guy is Himmler for, for making a movie earlier. Yeah. If I do nothing, if I do nothing else, I do keep you on your toes. Yes. So yeah, this is, this is the movie about people doing dream stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, you got Ken Watanabe? Yeah, he rules. He's so cool. Yeah. Let's go. Everyone in this movie is so cool. This is a good cast. This is a great cast. Yeah. Look, you have fucking Michael Caine. Again, uh, just contractually obligated to be in every Christopher Nolan movie. Like, even Dunkirk, he, he found a way to squeeze him in as, like, the voice on the other end of Tom Hardy's radio. Are but, you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. You have Tom Hardy! Oh. yeah yeah this is this was kind of tom hardy's coming out party like yeah it really was dude i might fucking watch bronson after we're done recording honestly fuck it yeah i mean Bron- bronson is a movie that i like like i i think it's imperfect i think it's kind of starts to chase its own tail at a certain point yeah but, no i know the point you're talking about too actually yeah but hardy is outstanding in that movie and it's like, so violent yes but it, that was also definitely like uh a relatively obscure like art house movie like this was the moment where people were like oh tom hardy actor interesting i would like to see more of this yeah yes, exactly which thank god yeah and he's basically playing an actor in this movie yeah. um you know there's this this whole like this is not an original thought this is like probably the like the most popular like reading of this film but this is basically a movie Hold on. I just, I was about to make a point, but Matt is just, he's, he's just laying in a way that's very interesting. That's, I, I cannot do it justice describing it, but it has also completely derailed my train of thought. Um, he has somehow made it so that his whole body looks like a thumb. Um, 
I cannot believe you're going to be comfortable speaking in that position. No, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> you sound like a man who's fine. You're like laying on a skateboard, but like just like your neck. I look like a Bills fan. You do. Yeah. I'm going to go jump on this table. I don't know how the fuck they sound up there, honestly. I know it's insane. Uh, injured. That's their thing. They all sound injured. The Bills Mafia is the most injured group of people on the planet. See, that's honestly, they're, you know what they are? They're the White Lodge to um, the Eagles fans' Black Lodge. That's who they are. Because it's the same energy, but so much more positive. Because they just hurt themselves. You know what I mean? Okay, we this is this is such a bad episode. We've talked for an hour and I've not even like started talking about Inception. But it was a good movie. Everyone has seen it. But but yeah, the most as I was saying, like the most popular reading of this film is it is a, a film about filmmaking. Um yep. that okay, could you sit normal? I it is so distracting. Um, oh, professionals here. Um so it is it is on it is on its surface basically a heist movie where you are trying to break into someone's subconscious to uh, plant an idea in their head. But the way that they go about this is basically, you know, it, it is, it is like crafting a narrative for this person and trying to sell them on an emotional experience. And in that way, it is similar to a movie where you're trying to, you know, uh, sort of trick a person into feeling something that even though, you know, they're just looking at moving images and sounds, you know, and yeah. relating to it and, and experiencing a narrative as if it is happening to them, but as if, but like planting themselves within it, you know? Um, so you have, and each character kind of serves the function that someone on a film crew would serve. Yeah. Um, you know, you have yeah. Leo who is playing sort of the, the mastermind of the heist um and the director he's the director is styled to look exactly like christopher nolan yes um, i noticed that yeah 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 um, Watanabe, i would say is like the like the studio exec producer yeah could yeah. you okay now you're sitting now but you're like swaying back and forth can you stop doing that okay, yeah, no. yeah. yeah so ken watanabe is the you know he's the basically he's the guy who hires um leo to pull off this heist he's some corporate magnate guy they they never really get into like it's some kind of telecommute or energy thing like cillian murphy who murphy who plays you know the audience surrogate the guy that they are trying to incept and plant this idea in he's the heir to some other energy company that ken watanabe wants him to dissolve once he you know take once he takes control of it but it's not really the point like you don't really care about this corporate intrigue the point is the heist itself um joseph gordon levitt is sort of the producer you know he's there to sort of like facilitate all of leo's various plans uh elliot page as ariadne who's you know a uh, spider god i believe in or no, no 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 not a spider god i am sorry she is the person who gives theseus the thread that he uses to i can't is that true in the uh the minotaur myth yes um she's the person don't look it up well you, i hate how unbelievably perceptive you are yeah it's hard to notice a screen popping up in your glasses and the lighting on your face suddenly and dramatically changing um but yeah she's the writer basically 
you know, she's been tasked by the director with coming up with the, you know, the environment and the plan, you know, the details of it. Um, you've got Tom Hardy as the actor. He's there to basically like impersonate people as need be um, and sort of bring life to this emotional experience they're trying to craft. Yep. In order to elicit an emotion in the audience surrogate, Celine Murphy. Yeah. 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 And then you've got uh, Dilip Rao as sort of like the special effects guy who like yep. comes up with like the the like the dream potions that they have him guy do and also serves the same like has the same th- like he's also an avatar he's the guy who like facilitates their escape and they're like you don't have to be in the rest of the movie now and the same thing happens to him in this oh yeah they're like we need to go into a deep deeper dream Dilip Rao you stay here and drive the van you don't have to be in the rest of the movie yep yeah and and just like in avatar they occasionally show him yeah he occasionally pops up on screen but yeah just like in slow motion like driving a van off a cliff at like two frames a second yeah Um, i remember thinking during this movie i was just like man they are putting a lot of pressure on that man yeah he's like um he's like the third guy in like the first moon landing who just had to stay in the thing yes yeah whose name we all know the third guy yeah exactly yeah we know that there was a third guy None yeah. of us remember his name, and literally without him, none of it could have happened. Yes, had maybe the most important job, at least if you care about whether or not they could get home. Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read the... Not uh, futzing with your keyboard. I'm not futzing with anything. Have you read... <laughs> Picks up, I... Matt. My, my You're first... doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are here. Hands the up. audio will tell the tale. The, the audio will tell no tale. Uh, have you ever read the... Um, the, the, the thing that they prepared if the moon landing didn't yes. work? Yes. Yeah. They're basically like, whoops, you know, they were very brave. Sorry, guys. Sorry, yeah. you're dead. And the, what I got to say, the worst way to die, trapped in space, that's a terrible way to die. Yeah, like, I think they gave them suicide pills. Did they actually? Um, yeah, they always give that to like Bro, test pilots and stuff. Love a suicide pill. Not to do anything with, but just because to be issued a su- is there anything cooler than being issued a suicide pill? Like that is that is the coolest thing someone can give you. It's just like here, just in case. It's like, God damn it, I'm about to do something real cool. Know that. Yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, so go to that's... get my feelings. Can you put a cyanide one right there instead of gold? Thank you. So I'm ready. Anyway. The first, the first hour of this, like, because this movie is trying to like introduce you to something so different than what you have experienced. Like, the first hour of this movie is just set up. It's like all just like, hey, here is how this movie is going to work. Like, we kind of need to give you a primer on everything about this world, so that once we actually get into going into people's dreams, you will understand what is happening. Yeah. Here's how it works. Here's what a kick is. Here's what a totem is. There's like a whole language that you have to learn. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they got Paige in there as like, as like the, I, so it's never really explained what Paige's character is like. They're a student of some sort, but like. Student getting, of dreams. <laughs> or like, of like it's, they're Michael Caine's student, right? And it's not clear what Michael Caine teaches. Does he teach dreams? Like, yeah, like, but like, they still need to explain all of this to Paige, even though, like, I, it's, 
it's but but that's the thing you know it's one of those things yeah. you just gotta be like who cares okay yeah, so there's so much to explain in terms of things you need to know to understand like what is going to happen once you get into the actual heist sequence that like they don't have time to explain anything extraneous so there's exactly. a lot of stuff like like what's the deal with these companies like that they just never get into you don't really know how widespread is this technology yeah like, they, like, does everyone know about it or is this like and, and and that's the thing and 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 this is what i think is the genius of this right is that the brain right where there are where, where there aren't connections explicitly made the brain will just fill in connections that's why like you know like fucking like eyewitness testimony is 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 completely un, is basically completely unreliable is because like if you don't exactly know what's going on you're just gonna make shit up naturally right right and like that's kind of what happened because like they do like a decent they do, i mean like you said the first hour is basically just exposition about like this about like what here's how dreams work exactly right yeah but like you know like you said like they just like huge parts of this movie they just don't explain and like but like you don't you're just kind of like oh yeah you know it's like corporate shit and energy what? and or they give like very bare bones explanations yeah. to like, I don't know, corporate shit and energy. Where did this technology come from? Uh, military tech, don't worry about it. Um, yeah. yeah, military yeah. tech so that they could simulate killing, but like- yeah, it, It's a very don't worry about it answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I'll say, well, this part of what this movie does, because I'm always really, I mean, I've said this multiple times on the pod. I'm always very impressed when exposition is done well. And that's the thing is that like, like, I don't even know if I can say exposition is done necessarily technically well in this, right? I mean, they certainly do a good job of explaining like the dream shit, right? But all the extemporaneous shit, like they do it in such this perfect bare bones way that like, yeah, like my brain just like naturally just kind of like filled shit in. And I was just like, kind of like, like, like I understood. I wasn't like, wait, what? Why are they? Like, I was just like, oh yeah, no, because the, yeah, who cares? Okay, let me watch the movie. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a good first hour is what I'll say. And because it completely sets you up for that like second hour, which is all just like the actual heist. Next hour and a half. Oh, well, I yeah, this, this is a long movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 th- yeah. But like, but you know what I mean, right? But like that next hour and a half, you're just kind of like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? They're doing the dream stuff, you know? I mean, I I think that I, I liked this movie. I think you probably liked sets based on what you're saying, just the way you're talking about, I think you probably liked this movie a little bit more than me. Like yeah. it, it, the first hour is very sweaty. Um, and, but there's like enough in there that like, it does cover just how much exposition they feel they need to get through. And I don't know that they need to do quite as much as they think they do. Yeah. Like, I think that it's you like, it's not as quite as difficult a concept to grasp as they think it is. Yeah. Um, but like there is still like they do give you enough of interest in that first hour that like I'm still with it. Like I love a good like putting together the team sequence. Love it. Always there for that. Yeah. And like, you know, if you're going to like explain what a dream is by like folding Paris or how this dream stuff works by like folding Paris in half, like, yeah, I'll watch that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's a not? good visual. Um and like uh Two of my, I, I think two of my favorite sequences in the film that I think use the dream logic of the film the best are actually in this first hour. Like, uh, I think my favorite joke in the movie is just the cafe scene um, where 
Leo and Paige are just sitting at a cafe in Paris and Leo is explaining like, here are how dream work. Here basically he's, it's the most like, just, hey, here's how this works scene. Yeah, just, yeah. He's, this is what all this dream tech means. This is how we build it. This is what we use it for. But the, like the joke is like, you did, you enter the scene assuming that they are just in Paris having this actual conversation because they, the in the previous scene, they were in Paris. That's where whatever dream university Kane teaches at is. University of dreams. Yeah, uh, yeah. in Paris. Where this yeah. American person goes to school? Cool. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm worried. But, uh, oh, wait, but like, Canadian, sorry. I, I don't know that they specify the nationality of her character. They should. They should. They should. It's but uh, like the joke of the scene is like they are actually in fact in a dream and that like the way that he points this out to Paige is like how did we get here? Do yeah. you remember how we get here? Which is I, like one of the be better jokes about film editing I have ever heard because like <laughs> every like basically every scene starts that way where it, it does follow this dream logic where they do not show you like a person going in real time from place to place like you just arrive at a place and accept that the characters are there, which is, as the movie points out, how how movement occurs in dreams. Like, yep. Yep. perfected by the Soviets, I believe that editing technique. Yeah, so, uh, sort of. Um, I remember things you've said to me. <laughs> yeah, perfected by the Soviets and really brought to its fullest and crispest conclusion by um, our boy Rob right here. One of the best editors to ever do it, folks. I'm gonna say it right now. All right, but uh, and then I like, I I I think if I have a complaint about the movie is I wish it did more stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like the way that it actually uses dreaming in the in the latter section of the film is mostly just we can make a weirder action movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there are some great things in there. Like I love. Um, like the hallway fight with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and you know anonymous dream baddies, where like uh, gravity just ceases and the the hallway starts spinning around them like a like yeah. a hamster wheel. Like that's an effect I still don't know how they did. And yeah, it's like no, such I a would, cool thing. Yeah, bro, I was like, wait, how did I was like, is this a set on like some sort of like rotation? Like how I feel like it must have been right, yeah. but like even that, I'm like, is that a thing they can like do like what is like like it, it was like one of those things where i was just like like trying to look for like the cg I, I mean honestly i mean like this movie is so impressive just in 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 the scope of what it does very cool. yeah very cool yeah it, it is cool that this movie exists um yes but like most most of the even the dream sequences of the, of the movie is just like what if an action scene but i guess we can put a train in the middle of it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i wish there was a little bit more of that like playing on the dream logic of film to like sort of um to like disorient you and yes. like i think my other than that that cafe scene i think the one that does it best is is also in the first hour of the movie when there's this chase scene in like Marrakesh or somewhere when they're, when they're recruiting Tom Hardy. Um, and basically like uh, Leo is like fleeing through these like back alleys and bazaars of, of this, you know, sort of, I think anonymous, like North African country. Um, very, 
I think it was actually um, actually East Africa. Okay, um, but it has like it has like a very like Casablanca yeah, yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like like somewhere Jason Bourne would be. Yeah, um, but it it does have this like subtle dream. Like the whole chase has this really subtle dream logic to it. Like the the number of bad guys keep multiplying inexplicably. They just come out of nowhere. Um, at a certain point, like even the architecture itself seems to turn against Leo. Like, you know, there's this like seg- segment where he has to like squeeze through an alley yeah. that does not make like geometric sense. Yeah. And then the conclusion of it is that Saito, Ken Wat- Watanabe's character just appears the way that a character in a dream might just appear. Yeah. And like ostensibly, I think Leo is supposed to be in the real world at this point. But I think that is the scene that like plays most on the tension of like, is this a dream or not? Because this is ostensibly reality, but everything feels so dreamlike without ever announcing itself as such. It's just the like the architecture and geometry and like sequencing of this does not feel quite real. Yeah. yeah, These feel like things that could only happen in a dream. Yeah. Like even like this scene where like he like, 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 like runs into that like cafe and then the guy who runs the cafe is just like, like just starts yelling at him. And then he's like, yeah. he's trying to order a coffee and it's like, bro, the, the plan is not work. You need to get out. But you know, yes. that thing like yeah. between dreams where you're just like, no, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I remember just like having a dream one time and like, yeah, it was like, I was being chased or something like that. Or, or I just kept saying that some guy was like, you need to go. And I just kept being like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Over and over. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit where like, I don't know. That made no sense. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that like, that yes i i see that's something i hadn't thought of um right but now that you say it now that you say it yes that would have been much cooler if you if if someone started like like lucid dreaming or something like that you know what i mean well i mean there there is a wet dream i mean listen (laughs) i mean there is a scene where their their strategy to like uh basically con Cillian Murphy's character is at, at least at one level of the dream to tell him he is in a dream, mm-hmm. but convince them that, that like they are his, his like a dream security team because that's a thing that like exists in this universe. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the most interesting things. You and I kind of talked about it briefly off pod about like, this is a universe in which dream thievery is real. Uh, people like know about it to at least some extent. <coughs> Cillian Murphy has been like, has received like the rich person like training that rich people get to like have like what they say like like his subconscious is militarized which honestly is a pretty cool statement but yeah you know what I mean? but like but like 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 this is a world in which like this exists right mm-hmm. and that it is known to a, at least some degree that it exists and it is just exactly the same as our world now it's just the exact same thing it's just yeah. no real noticeable difference besides this fact you know what i mean yeah and yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Which again is like, how how widespread is this technology? Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's it, but it's the kind of think it would go though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm one of those people that honestly believes like if, if the government just came out tomorrow and was like, aliens are real. Like, like 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 aliens are real. Look, this is an alien, and most people would be like, wow, that's cool. And then it would be like, like maybe maybe you'd get a week on the news cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. Like, I truly believe that. I truly believe it would not be that big a deal. Yeah. Because most people are just like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, what's it called? I'm thinking Kava. 
for lunch. And then they would talk about how crazy it is over coffee. And then they would yeah. go back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, you would imagine that this kind of technology would be rather expensive and would primarily probably be used by like high level corporate and government types, like at least for the first Yeah. But I also, again, the movie doesn't really seem to care. And I think that's, at least in that instance, I think is wise because I also don't care. Yeah. Who like, gives this? Yeah. I don't need to know about like the geopolitical ramifications of dream theft. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want to watch the fun heist. Yeah. Um, Let me watch the heist movie. Come on. Yeah. My favorite part is the snow part because I was like, that's so cool. It is cool. I, I will say, I, I do. The movie didn't totally work for me. Um, again, I, I mostly liked it, but like, there were things that. Again, I think there was a little bit more to do with this premise and that I was a little disappointed by how it kind of just reverts to like action movie, but maybe a little weirder. Again, there are like some real high points in there, um, but like still like I thought the, the, the premise was more promised. Like they didn't totally um, fulfill the promise of the premise. And like even the, the heist movie aspect didn't totally work for me just because there were still things that despite their like hour of exposition i wasn't totally clear on like um i just never felt like i totally got on this movie's rhythm like uh i know they are supposed to be in elliot page's dream but like stuff from leo's subconscious keeps showing up like yeah. most specifically like marion cotillard who's like the my the girl. resentful his like his like projection of his ex-wife like i it, it is an interesting idea that you know his wife killed himself and is now like like is sort of haunting him mm -hmm. and it's 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 like just a manifestation of his guilt like my favorite yeah. little detail is that like i think it is joseph either joseph gordon levin or michael kane like someone asks him asks that i think it's elliot page asks them like what was mal who I mean, come on, that's even more obvious, like a symbolic name than Ariadne, but, yeah. but whatever. But that's the name of Marion Cotillard, again, playing the manifestation of his ex-wife. Like they ask, uh, I think it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like what was Mal life in real life? He's like, oh, she was lovely. Like this, this projection is, is evil purely because Dom feels so guilty. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. Which I thought was an interesting idea, but I didn't totally understand why she was showing up if it's, Elliot Page's dream. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's just the kind of thing that, like, huh? I don't totally get that. I guess that's. I guess that's just how it works. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those that it's like, yeah, like if you involve, well, because we don't actually like dream together in real life. You know what I right. mean? People can have like, like I've had it happen before, where like I've basically had like almost a carbon copy dream that someone else had, and that's not because we actually shared a dream. It's because like. We both had roughly the same day that day, you know yeah. what I mean? There's so, similar stuff rattling around in your subconscious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also because we are connected. Uh, no, but but you know what I mean? But like, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, yeah, uh, yeah it's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And it's like, yeah, also you can't share dreams. Uh, that's also uh, not real. Right. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So why don't you shut up, Rob? I think that's what the movie was trying to say, which I think is a little aggressive um but that is what it is no um yeah but i think uh, like a, a larger problem is just again that like i had difficulty getting on its rhythm like 
Yeah. There's, there's the moment towards the end where like, you know, this whole, like they've, they've built this whole plan around the fact that like, um, you know, you need to like get, uh, to get woken up from the dream, you have to get kicked, which is like, you, you experience the feeling of falling, which will automatically wake you up. And like, they miss the kick. And like, I feel like that should be a, like at least didn't play as enough of a momentous moment for me as it should have. Like, it seems like, like, I, I think in general, like, what they were trying to accomplish with the heist, other than like the overall goal of we want to plant this idea of Cillian Murphy's head, like the specifics of the plan were not clearly established enough for me. Like they had to spend so much time like building the world that they did not really build out the plan. And for it to like have emotional weight when the plan starts to go foobar, I need to know that the plan is starting to go foobar. Yeah. Like there's a moment very early on when like, you know, a train comes crashing through the dream and like, that is not supposed to happen. And like, I can kind of infer that that's not supposed to happen. That seems like the kind by, of thing. By all of their like reactions, yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I don't really know what is supposed to be happening. Yeah. And like people start shooting at them and I'm like, I don't know, is that is that a part of the plan? Did they expect that? Yeah. And then like, I think most, most uh, like momentously, like when they miss the kick, like, the kick kind of like almost ha happens before I realize it. Like it's just kind of an avalanche that happens in the snow place. And like, and then afterwards they tell you, oh, that was the kick. And like, it seems like that should be a major moment of like, oh, we have fucked up the plan. Yeah. But instead it's this thing that kind of arrives without you knowing what it means. And then you only realize what it is after it has happened. And then they almost immediately come up with another plan. So it, it like, just again, I just kind of had trouble getting on some of the, the movie's wavelength to a certain extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was part of me that was like, when I saw this, I was just like, oh, they just gotta hurry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but this, but 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 this whole failure of the play it actually does produce one of my uh, favorite moments of the movie, which is such a minor moment, but that 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 I feel like you can miss it. And I'm not even 100 percent sure this happens, but I'm pretty sure this happens. Where, like Leo and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are like yelling at each other. And Leo is basically like, 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 he has a fucking militarized subconscious. Again, a great line, right? <laughs> militarized subconscious. Very cool thing to have. I mean, who doesn't want to have a militarized subconscious? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Would love. My my subconscious is actually um, is actually uh, all um, is all actually a salafist. Uh, what's it called? So uh, yeah, they just blur out all the faces. And uh, what's it called? There. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm abandoning this bit. Anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> Pull, hit that ejector seat. Bail out. Bail out. Boom. It's not working. It's going Boom. down. Yep, exactly. Pulling the dead man switch. Anyway, um, uh, I'm a shithead. Anyway, uh, no, but 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 like Leo's just like yelling at Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Because I think it was like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's job to like be like, oh yeah, he's had like dream training. You know what yeah, I mean? He's he's the producer. He's supposed to like make sure all the details are set before they start yep. production. Yep. And they're like yelling at each other. Joseph Gordon Levy goes like, Well, I should have known that, and that's my fault, and I'm sorry. And it's just like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just like, just fuck, okay. Well, shit, let's go. You know what I mean? And that's when they're like, okay, let's go put on our ski masks and go ask him for numbers. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like, sort of vaguely flustered Joseph Gordon-Levitt does produce some of my favorite movies in the moments in this movie though like yeah. my, one of my favorite things is when he's like trying to uh, um, like throw Cillian Murphy's subconscious off his scent 
and he's got Elliot Page with him and he does the thing that's like, oh, let's just, you know, I'm just going to pull you in for a kiss real quick so that no one notices us. They can't see our faces. Yeah. And it is the least sexual kiss I have ever seen. By far. The kind of love. Yeah. By far. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then like a little shit hit he is. She was just like, or, or, or just goes like, what is, what do they say is, is, is something like, is something like, something like, did it work? And he was just like, I don't know, it was worth a shot. Right? <laughs> yes. Just, 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 I mean, honestly, I know a lot of people don't like him. Um, I don't even know if that's true, but I feel like people don't like him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's just, I don't know that it's like super passionate, but like there's definitely, you know, some mixed feelings about him from people. Yeah, I enjoy him. Yeah. He's good in Looper. He was good in Looper. He was good in Premium Rush. You ever see Premium Rush? Never saw Premium Rush. Ooh, he's a, it's like a, it's almost like a live action Wile E. Coyote cartoon where he is like a bike messenger in New York being pursued oh, by, I, I, know, I, I know of this one yes being pursued by an absolutely unhinged michael shannon um it is is a it's a great it's it's a movie that has like just is so much better than it has any need to be and i, I kind of love that movie so he's just pursued by michael shannon though. yeah yeah just just as is yeah the, michael shannon didn't know he was filming a movie that day oh, no. <laughs> yeah michael shannon i would love to see michael there must I know there must be some movie where Michael Shannon just plays like a regular guy. Yeah, one I didn't watch all of it because it was just kind of fine, but he plays just like a competent person in Waco. Yeah. Which was very cool to see because Michael Shannon is like a very good actor who can play competent. It's just yeah. he's been sort of pigeonholed as the crazy guy. And because yeah. he does yeah. that very well. I think my um, favorite role for Yeah. My favorite role for him, I think, was Boardwalk Empire, though, where he's just the insanely religious um uh probation or, or, or uh, prohibition agent uh who just fucks one of the craziest actresses who have ever lived and that is saying a lot uh paz what's her name paz de la, de la huerta yeah <laughs> paz de la Hoya. paz de la huerta have you seen have you seen her instagram have you seen that i'm not on instagram matt so so she's just been posting photos just being like i love you so much joe with this guy who's like a joe biden lookalike and she's interesting yeah i'll send it to you it's insane you don't have to do that yeah well i'm going to anyway you're not here to talk about paz de la hoya (laughs) so yeah but i think the the biggest problem that I have with this movie, and I, I don't want to just harp on my issues with it because, but we'll, I'll get into more of the positive stuff in a second. I just want to get, I do love it, but I just want to get this out of the way so we can talk about some of the more positive stuff. Well, it's just that I, I had like, I did not emotionally connect to it at all. Um, and I think the, 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 the thing that I was, you know, cause I, I as I've talked about, I, I kind of made it a project to rewatch all of Nolan's films recently because he was a guy that I had never really totally been able to sort through my feelings on. Like, obviously very skilled, but he's kind of like Tarantino in that way that I don't, I wasn't entirely sure if I enjoyed what he used that talent for. Um, And that, you know, it might, like, I I was kind of wary of, yeah, that might be a little bit where his, his, it's a little like, his product might be a little bit less than the sum of his parts. Was, was sort of my thinking before I went into it. Um, and he is sort of a weirdly contentious filmmaker. I think largely in part uh, 
both because he's like, you know, anyone who's this big, there will inevitably back, be backlash to, um, especially when they are as outspoken about, I want things to be the way that I want them to be. But also in large part, just because he does have one of the most uh, annoying fan bases in the world. Dude, um, Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan, yeah. Um, like I, there's this whole campaign, like when the Dark Knight Rises came out for like everyone who was like, people on like the IMDB message boards like made it a thing where they like had a whole campaign to make the Dark Knight Rises the highest rated film of all time on IMDB, which I mean, even as someone who likes the guy, like seriously, that movie, like it's, it's, it's all right, but not even his best movie. No, far from it. Again, as we discussed, maybe his worst, but, but there is this rabid fan base just, of like he's who, who seem to think he's the only intelligent filmmaker in the world, which yeah. is stupid and wrong. And there's there's a little bit of a weird right wing tinge to some of his fan base. Right. Like I know Ben Shapiro weirdly was like very in the pocket for Dunkirk to win Best Picture because it was yeah. a movie about West, um, like a masculine movie about Western civilization and the heroism of white men, which I think is an unfair reading of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. It is you know a movie about fighting Nazis? But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. Listen, listen, listen. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a bad guy, Nazis pretty good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that like, I don't know. I mean, I think. Listen, I think Little Benny completely missed uh, the point of the story of Dunkirk, which is uh, war is horrible. Uh, it's yes. bad. Uh, you should not. Uh, it's not. It's not good. Uh, Dunkirk was not a successful operation and the people that were there were not like god I'm glad I was there it's a lot of like thank god more people didn't die yeah all the heroes of Dunkirk are the people that like made it so slightly fewer people died yeah but I the the point that I was building to is that I think that sorry I said that I derailed no 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 um, you didn't. I yeah, derailed you, myself. You but um, okay. actually, I, I did come to a pre like I, I am firmly in the camp of I think he is a very skilled director yeah. now. But I also think that the thing that I was most surprised by is that I think that he actually does work best in a weird way as an emotional filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he makes weepies, but he is very good at building and relieving tension. Yeah. Um, and that specifically i think his best films um like memento and the prestige really do give you the feeling of just being trapped um and that and that um uh what was i saying um as a like emotional filmmaker as yeah and i think he probably thinks of himself as an intellectual filmmaker um i think that he does very consciously make movies that are playing around with a lot of ideas but i think like his ideas based movies like this and the dark knight tend to sort of just throw out a lot of questions without really knowing what to say about any of them um which i think is not always bad like i i like the dark knight more than this i don't think the dark knight really has as much to say as it thinks it does um but is a little bit more coherent than some of his other sort of intellectual exercises but this movie i think again like 
sort of confuses itself for a intellectual movie. And there is some stuff going on there when it is, I think yeah. would work best as a, like an emotional experience about like, there's clearly like a Leo's character clearly is supposed to have a fairly deep emotional arc that ultimately does not mean anything to me. Like it, the, like the big moment of the film is when he decides to like go deeper into limbo to rescue Saito, Ken Watanabe's character. And like, I don't totally understand, like, it's good that he does it. I don't totally understand what it is paying off. Oh, wait, and... you don't? I actually do. What's that? So since Ken Watanabe's character ended up in limbo, basically it can like fry your brain, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so you basically, because you end up living like decades in a dream, right? Yeah. And you see this is Ken Watanabe's character is an old man and he's like, I'm here to tell you you're in a dream. We need to kill ourselves. I can bring you back because the whole thing is the whole big payoff here is that Ken Watanabe as this like I don't know demigod or whatever the hell he does for a living right is able to get the uh, murder charge because uh, Leo's wife framed him for her own murder as well, her, a, her, she committed suicide but he, made it look like he had killed her Exactly, is in a way to entrap him and to force him to kill himself. Because uh, she believed that they were both still in a dream, and again, the only way to get out of said dream would be to kill yourself. Exactly. So he needs Ken Watanabe to like not be totally fucked up from like living an entire life in limbo, right? And to remember, right? Hey, I need to make this phone call because since he is returning to the States. If he enters the United States, again, something that makes no sense because I believe she killed herself. I mean, she must have killed herself in the United States. That's the only way that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right? So, but it, my favorite detail of her plot is that in order to just uh, bulk up the, the evidence that she did not commit suicide, she had herself declared sane by three psychiatrists. Three psychiatrists. I don't know what that means. Can you get a certificate of sanity? I think, I don't I know. Don't, I don't think that's a thing. But the same thing, you can also be like, look, she thought she was in a dream, right? And look, I mean, I mean, look, if I'm Leo DiCaprio, I'm like, shoot, why would a person go to three psychiatrists to have themselves declared sane, like one right after the other? Do, like, do the cops know this dream technology exists? Could he just be like, she thought she was in a dream because, you know, we've spent a lot of time in dreams? Yeah, would they yeah. think he was crazy? Like, what's the is this is this technology public? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and even if he's like, yeah, look, what I do isn't totally legal, right? But like, he doesn't even have to say that he does it. He could just throw her under the bus because, like, yeah, like if, if you say it comes like, look, I'm a drug dealer, okay, but like this is it. Like, yeah, maybe. I mean, what is the penalty for like dream theft? Like, how much like trouble would he have been? Like, th see, that's the thing, right? But at the same time, he's all, I mean, I also understand the thing of like, also, who is giving him the plane ticket to leave? Like, what's it called? Why doesn't, Nabe, I guess. why doesn't he bring his kids? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, that plane ticket. I don't, I don't know. But, but I, anyway, I, yeah, he needs to rescue, he needs to rescue Ken Watanabe because Ken Watanabe is the man who can get him a pardon so that he can return to the United States and be reunited with his kids. Exactly. I get the, the plot mechanics of why he goes into limbo to rescue Ken Watanabe. What I don't entirely get is the emotional function it serves. Oh, okay. Because 
the arc of Leo's character is that basically he is dealing with the tremendous guilt he feels at being in, indirectly responsible for his wife's death because she kills herself again because she believes she's in a dream and she believes she's in a dream because he planted that idea in her head. He, he did her out of the dream that they were in. Yeah, they were already, they had been living in a dream for decades and she wouldn't get out. So she, I guess they had like come, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, he did inception on her, made her believe that she was living in a dream, which then even when they got out of the dream or did they, Bwomp. but anyway, even when they did get out of the dream, she continued to believe that to the point where she killed herself, believing it was the only way she could get out of the dream. Leo's arc is dealing with his guilt at that. Um, I don't understand exactly how going to rescue Saito resolves that arc. I guess you could say it's a a function of like he's rescuing he's rescuing him in the way that he couldn't rescue his wife but I don't believe they totally do the the legwork to set that up and more importantly like there it doesn't feel like there is enough of a beat in limbo like he kind of just goes down there has one conversation one very brief conversation with Saito and then they're back in the real world or yeah. are they well also also there's that whole scene right right right, right where, where they just be like they just be like we were young men together and it's like bro didn't you like just hire him like how long have you guys known each other like you know what i mean like like like, like, I feel like I have a closer relationship with my boss now than he does with side. Although maybe not, I don't know. Like, how yeah, are you guys? Like, they, yeah, they. That's what I'm saying. They kind of weirdly, in in the end, make the Leo or the the Dom Cobb Saito relationship sort of the emotional linchpin, which feels kind of out of left field. Yeah. Like the 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 deepest relationship he has had has been with Ariadne. Um, maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character because they seem to go back quite a ways. But like, yeah, but there's also like there doesn't seem to be much fraught there. Like they seem he and Joseph Gordon-Levitt just seem to be buddies who are on good terms, except for the fact that like Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of fucked up one detail of this but, and then like, apologized and then he let it go. Like 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 yeah. you've been mad at me for stuff and I'll just be like, well, I shouldn't have done that and I'm sorry. And you're like, I just please don't do that again. And then we move on. Yeah. That's kind of the extent of the conflict of that relationship. Yeah. Like the Ariadne conflict goes much deeper and it directly involves his wife because, you know, his projection of his wife keeps showing up and fucking up Ariadne's shit. Like if you wanted, like, I honestly, I, I think that you need to swap it so that he needs to go down and rescue Ariadne from limbo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that would be a much more, because yeah, I mean like they, they cheat because since it's Saito, he has to do it. You know what I mean, right? right? In order to serve himself, the real hero's journey, and, and, and I know that that's a technical term, I might be misusing it, right? Yeah. But like, would be to like, I mean, look, look, Ariadne, oh, look, okay, Elliot Page is, now, is, is a man, but like, the character of Ariadne is a woman, right? So we're talking about just a character here. Yes. And, yeah. so, and, so, and so he basically doomed a woman to to like 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 insanity and unreality issues um in the form of his wife right i think you're right i think that that's a much better way to do it if another woman falls into limbo 
right? And he needs to rescue her, like you said, in a way that he couldn't his wife, right? And this is a woman who, like, he, he, there, like, she could just have scrambled eggs, and then he would just have to live with that. But he's like, no, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, that would be, I, I, I think you're right. I think Nolan fucked up here, right? And now, now, at the, on, on the other side, though, then what are the stakes, really? Because if he doesn't get Saito, then he's just going to jail for life, right? So that does kind of, there are some stakes there with it being Saito, but I think that you're right that this is a movie that is more emotional than it realizes. And therefore it might've been, I, I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, I, I don't know. You would obviously, you need to do some like, you know, some fairly significant rewrites, but like ultimately this is, it kind of feels like, you know, the most charitable, like ultimately like him rescuing Saito is just a fairly self-interested act. Like mm-hmm. it seems like they get along pretty well, but like the ultimate resolution is just he needs this guy, so he goes and saves this guy because he needs him. And then he gets to see his kids, or are they his kids? Blomp. Now, now, um, do you think he's still dreaming of the end or no? See that—that's the thing. I don't care. Um, fair, fair enough. I, I think, think- I. I think it is, it, it, it really spoke to me as a puzzle to solve at the time. And I think it, it does still work that way. Like, I think you can legitimately argue for a long time about the ending of the movie um, and what it all means and, and what is real and what is not and whether it matters. But again, the absence of genuine emotional stakes like kind of left me like, just like, I don't know, I don't care. Like, I'm thinking that he's not dreaming. You want to know why? Why is that? Because the top clearly wobbles. But I think the thing, I don't think this is ever addressed in the movie, but I feel like if you wanted to, if, if it is a dream and reality is therefore malleable, if you wanted it to be a dream, it to, for it to not be a dream bad enough, your dream could then cause the top to wobble. Okay, well then that's not my problem. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Then then okay, well then listen, as far as I can tell, not a dream. He gets to see his kids' faces. He gets to live life. If I found out that I had been dreaming all of this, I would be like, man, I really fucked up. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I certainly but but you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think if, like, if, if they wanted to make the arc, like, accepting that, you know, like, the kind of, like, I don't know if I'm dreaming or not, but if you pinch me, it still hurts. Like, it counts to me. Like, I think that would be a perfectly fine resolution to it. I don't know that's necessarily, I don't think that's, I don't know that that's not what they're doing. Just again, like I find the movie generally a little emotionally hollow and I think it could be weightier because I've seen him make movies that were much more emotionally resonant yeah. to me. Like Interstellar, again, is a much stupider movie in a lot of ways that made me feel a whole lot more than this. When I finished watching this movie, I was like, that was a good movie. I didn't have the same feeling that I felt after watching Memento where I was like, holy shit. Right. What a fucking... I mean, God damn it. What a great fucking movie. Like we watched Memento together. And at the end of it, I was like, God damn it. That's so perfect. Like that yeah. was, it was, I mean, I mean, it's something that I've never seen done before. I've, I've seen attempted since, but I'm going to say, I mean, like the man just knocked it out of the fucking park. With that movie. Yeah. 
and 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 you know, I mean, like, you see, and 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 that's the thing. This is a perfectly fine movie. I think it's even. I would even say it's a good movie. I enjoy this movie. I, yeah, think it's- I would agree with you. I think it is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like, and 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 I think when it comes to blockbuster filmmaking, this is kind of like the best we can expect, honestly. Like, when it comes- I don't think that's true. I think that. Hmm. Okay, let's you can it. do better. I think he has done better, and I think that you would hope for blockbuster. That. Yeah, which one? I would say that you could pick a couple of Christopher Nolan movies that are better blockbusters. I think The Dark Knight is better than this. I don't think it's his oh. best movie, but I think it's better than this. Okay, okay, I think, no, yeah, but I'm I talking think, about in terms of like an original property. I think Interstellar is better than this. Okay. Um, All right, it's, it's just you. It's all the all you all you terps. But I will say I I I and I think this is really the the most enthusiastic thing I have to say about this movie is just I am glad it, it exists. I yeah. think I yeah. think that there should be more movies like this. Um, I am more excited by this um, than by so the vast majority of blockbusters that exist. Today, yeah, you know that are getting made now. Like, can you imagine would, if this was like if we got like one blockbuster a year trying to do what this movie did? Yeah, that- it'd be incredible. Like, yeah. I think that on the whole, like the original Avengers is like a cleaner, more efficient movie than this. That like its pieces fit better together. Yeah, but I would much rather watch. I, and I I like the original Avengers. Oh I, yeah, I, I think that's the best Avengers movie. Honestly, I would agree with that. Um, I also would prefer this, which I think is a messier movie, but attempts more. And yeah. therefore, when it's when it does succeed, like again, that like spinny hallway scene, there is nothing that cool in the Avengers. Come on, yeah. come on! For all of the for all of the CGI, for all of that, sh- I mean, I mean, nothing in the Avengers that I saw, I was just like, whoa! How the fuck did they do that? I was just like. Yeah, no, it's CG. It's, 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 or just, whoa, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like that, like, 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 like where I am genuinely, like, I don't know, in a weird way, like almost like proud of the movie where I'm like, yeah, God damn it, like, good fucking job. Man. Like, like, I want to meet Joseph Gordon Levitt and just be, and it, like, like, if I ever met him, I would only ask about this i'd just be like <laughs> bro what was that like like what were they doing like can you like how like do like 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 and that's what and and i'd like to imagine that he would be like oh yeah man and he would talk to me about it and then we'd become friends and then he could introduce me to marianne cotard cotiard and i could say tell me about the moon sweetheart and then she would tell me all about the moon oh oh we're talking about a power couple can you imagine that me and marianne cotiard I will just say, you have a type. I really do. I really do. And you know what it is? Powerful women. What can I say? Powerful women with powerful minds.
So we, we have got to move on and talk about Tomorrowland because we have been talking so long already. I do um, no, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm going to mute you. All oh, right. So no more banter. We got, we got to keep moving. But let's talk about Tomorrowland from 2015, directed by Brad Bird. Roll the trailer. What if there was a place, a secret place, where nothing was impossible? No way. A miraculous place where you could actually change the world. Welcome back from the trailer. Please stop sending me tweets. We, we, we have, we've got to just get through this, this movie. I, I, I do really want to talk a lot about this movie because I do actually find it really interesting, but it's already so late. We've been talking so long. We yeah, got to get through it. it. Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. So this is, um, I think, did you? Uh, okay, I just got your tweet. Um, but... Uh, so when we were, when we were pitching this final episode, we, we wanted to talk again about like original movies and found a really hard time, had a really hard time finding one because there were so few that were made at any kind of considerable budget. And I think this is in a way kind of actually the perfect counterexample to Inception. Yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah. Because it is such an obvious like personal passion project. Like there is so much personality put into this movie, but is also like it is based on an attraction at Disney World. Like yeah. not not exactly based on it, because you can't make like a movie, but it's again, as we sort of talked about last time, it's like based on the feeling that yeah, exactly. Epcot is yeah. supposed to give you. Yeah. 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 yeah like, yeah. ooh, shiny future feeling. Yeah, exactly. And that like and that very specific like disney version of the future that like that like hasn't been relevant since like 1964 like oh yeah like, and is like if you investigate it even a little bit is like deeply problematic oh like, yeah yeah <laughs> that is all like oh wait there are no black people in this future like, there are no there are no slums because poor people have been eliminated exactly yeah yeah no no like, I, I i I, what I love about like these like movies that like are supposed to like kind of like or, or, or these kind of like conceptions of the future is I love like 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 basically like 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 once like all of that optimism went away like you start to get movies that are like 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 I mean you want to talk about slums like fucking uh goddamn fuck wait now I'm forgetting it the one with Harrison Ford fuck the hell Blade Runner yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like you know right we were talking about like what, what was it you and i were talking the other day and i was like bro i just love to go to the off world comedies seems great you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean, right yeah. yeah they're paying me to go there why would yeah 
what, what could be possibly wrong? Yeah, yeah it seems like, like a perfect deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like when when movies start to be like, okay, the future is obviously going to be terrible, right? Yeah. But, but you know, yeah, this harkens back to like, like this is because that's the thing. The reason why we had a hard time picking, I think, one, two. We were originally going to do Edge of Tomorrow, and then Rob brought up like, you know, I've been thinking about it, and like, look, honestly, first off, we both have already seen this movie and like it. Second off, it's it's also based on a manga. Right. So, yeah. and, and, and like, it wasn't really enough of a pl- flop. It was like a disappointment, but not like catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's the thing is that like, is that like we were just kind of going through like what is actually like an original blockbuster. Right. And like, and like this was like, again, is like based on something, but it's based on something in such a nebulous way that like, yeah. that like even for like Disney movies, like, 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 like there isn't like a Frontierland movie. You know what I mean, right? There yeah. isn't, you know, like, 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 like this, like this is even I'd say more nebulous than like Pirates of the Caribbean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like the ride is about pirates, so we'll just make it about pirates. You exactly. know, and it doesn't yeah. really have to need to have any more relationship than that, other than it's got the branding. Well, no, but even that, even that, like the first big scene in Pirates of the Caribbean is like them like raiding a coastal town, right. like they do in the ride, right? Versus right. this is just like. This is just like we're more about the vibes of Tomorrowland. You know what I mean? Like I don't even think yeah. that they reference like specific rides in Tomorrowland. You know what I mean? Yeah. There isn't like a Space Mountain ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I mean the, uh, like it's clear that like they started with like I want to make a movie about basically like what happened to optimism, and then it kind of had to like reverse engineer it into like okay, we have to sell this to Disney, so it kind of has to have a Disney tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, they, 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 he rides It's a Small World. He goes to Disneyland, folks. Yeah. In New York City somehow. I it's at the, it, the World's Fair. In New York. Yeah, the Queen's one. The one from Men in Black. Now, um, hold on. Was It's a Small World at the World's Fair? I don't know. Again, it's going for a vibe, man. It is. You're right. I'm the yeah. asshole here, actually. But but I like, do want to. I I want to give back up and give just like a little bit of context. Um, go. So, so this movie was actually originally pet pitched by Damon Lindelof. Um, Damon, really? Yeah. Who is I? Who is in his own right kind of an auteur? Like, Not but pro- David is. Damon but primarily works in television. Um, like, I think it's, it, it is interesting that I think that this is a movie like where the two primary creative voices behind it are both auteurs in their own right. Um, Lindelof was- Can I help you? You just sneezed like eight times. Yep. Um, well, it's because I keep blowing my jewel out of my nose. <laughs> That's- It looks cool. It does not. It, it looks like the kind of thing that is going to make you sneeze eight times. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look as cool as you think it does. You look pretty cool. Because people know what that feels like, Matt. They don't forget that when they see it. Yeah. Um, no, feels great. Loving that I just did it again. <laughs> but, but anyway, Damon Lindelof is the dude who, he was the one of the two showrunners for Lost. Um, was sort of the, one of the primary creative voices behind that. You were a Lost on, guy, weren't you? I was a lost guy. I mean, I like quit yeah, and then yeah, returned to lost like three times because yeah, lost are. was, I know it's very funny. Um, I'm but, 
Lost was like alternately like an incredibly rewarding and incredibly frustrating show. So I kept yep. like quitting and then going back to it. Um, yeah. But legitimately had like some of I think the best moments I've ever seen on television and just so much nonsense and bullshit. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. They named they named everyone after like philosophers and shit. And there was a smoke monster. I watched two episodes of it and I was like, not for me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yep. And also yeah. has a a lot of conversations where someone asks someone a question and then the other person starts to give them exposition that will, you know, make clear some mysteries and then they suddenly get interrupted and have to postpone the conversation for like seven episodes. And boy, does that never happen in this movie. No, um, not once, yeah. not yeah. one time. Nope, but, very straightforward. Anyway, he, he went on to like create The Leftovers and uh, did the recent Watchmen ap- adaptation at HBO. Who's like, is like a guy with a real voice and style. Uh, all on his own sure. but um uh and those two later shows i think are more consistent than lost the first season of the leftovers is rough um but the second two i think are again some of the best television i've ever seen um but anyway we literally that's, never seen it yeah um i don't watch anything man you don't um, i really don't but is relevant to this because uh basically after lost ended Lindelof sort of started taking like pitch meetings around Hollywood to sort of just find the next thing. And one of them was just sort of a general pitch meeting at Disney where he, you know, pitched them this movie about, hey, you know, basically like the whatever happened to optimism idea. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Which we'll get into in a second. But, um, but, uh, and like that ended up growing into this and where they had to like filter it through what if we made an, a movie that was again about the vibe of Epcot. Because yeah. again, if, if you have an idea now, even if you're someone who's coming off of a tremendously successful show, probably the, the biggest network show of its of its decade, at it least one lost, of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you still have if you want to still if you want to get an original thing made, you have to put Mickey Mouse in it. Um, I mean I mean I mean it's listen, listen, a lot of people say that filmmaking is broke, and I don't know what they're talking about. Clearly, clearly it's all good and great and you know. It's cool. It's cool. Love it. Love love that there are four companies that are involved yes. in all of our entertainment. It's, it's I'm actually I'm actually a huge fan of it because it makes it so dang easy. You only got to subscribe to like four different streaming services, and it's great. And so NBC is like, we're gonna do our own thing, and then you got to subscribe to that. I mean, that's fine. Because it comes with your Comcast subscription. I'm I'm going to buy a gun, not for any reason. It's okay. Anyway, there were, there were like, there were production problem or not problems exactly, but like challenges on this, like almost from the beginning, like Lindelof again, like coming off this big show was kind of hot and like, basically, you know, like not, not physically Matt in terms of like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just laughing. Just imagining someone say Lindelof, he's so hot right now. And I don't know why it's very funny to me. He has a funny name. What can I say? Yeah. But it's a funny sentence to me. Basically, he was offered a lot of stuff all at once and basically had to write this and the first season of The Leftovers all at once, um, which is generally not something that people do, especially when they're too, too, like, very complicated, like, world-buildy, like, large-budget, like, long-term projects. Um, I know he was also, like, he's talked about this a lot, like, specifically in relation to The Leftovers. Like, he was, like, seriously depressed at the time as well like just going through like some real heavyweight depression 
which yep. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but like you can you can tell in the first season of The Leftovers, that is one of the dourest seasons of TV I have ever seen. Yep. Um, yep. But yep. as someone going through some pretty hardcore depression themselves right now, let me tell you something. Not great for your concentration. Um, you know what I mean? Hard to do. Hard to do. Kind of like one thing, let alone two huge projects. Yes. yes. Yeah. But. Anyway, was this his uh, first film film that he did, or it couldn't have been, right? Uh, that he wrote, I can check that. Let me definitely his most major one up to that point, right? Uh, I would think so. Let me put that in the old internet machine real quick. That's so cool to imagine. You're just going through a major depressive episode, and you're writing, and and it's. No, he had he had worked on a few projects. Um, he had written, oh boy, like I really like his TV work. His his scripts are like his film filmography is pretty rough. Give me some. Um, Give me some. He wrote uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh God. <laughs> uh, Prometheus. Um, oh, I heard good things. I didn't love it. Um, there's some interesting stuff happening there, but I like I'm I, as we talked about. I feel very strongly about Aliens, and it did not live up to to Alien for me. Um, what I liked about Prometheus, a movie I haven't seen, is that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know it was an Alien movie until everyone went and saw it and then told me. I mean, it was like they I I knew that it was because they had initially announced like Ridley Scott is making an Alien prequel. And then like halfway through production, we're like, no, it's actually an unrelated film now. But then you see the trailer. And if you had like heard that news, you're like, that looks exactly like Alien. And then you get and you watch it and guess what shows up at the end? It's Alien. Um, the Xenomorph itself. Yeah. Just strutting along being like, I'm here, guys. Um, wow. But anyway, uh, yeah, didn't love it. Certainly not a like a train wreck of a movie. Um, not bad. I know people who like it and I respect them. But, you know, not. not I know. And he also wrote Star Trek Into Darkness, which is definitely the worst of perfect, those. New perfect movies. movie. Perfect movie. J.J. Abrams really doesn't get enough credit for saving Star Trek. I liked the first one. Um, it I definitely know. has more of a Star Wars vibe than a Star Trek vibe, but that's why I did. That's why it was good. <laughs> uh, and then immediately before Tomorrowland, also wrote World War Z. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Famously, famously uh, great adaptation. And I mean, not like, like, I don't think. Didn't read the book. Didn't read the book. Don't know why I have an opinion on this. And I mean, he did not, he was not the sole screenwriter on any of these things. Did Um, you read World War Z? I did. Holy shit. Cowboys and Aliens has five credited writers. Like. It was a good movie. (laughs) That's it. Wait, that's wait, real, break me that's from a real turd, but does it does it don't the isn't there a part of World War Z where the Israelis just treat the al- or the aliens, the zombies like the Palestinians, and that's how they win or something like that? Am I crazy? It's is very possible. I don't remember that part. Yeah. Um, I just remember my brother telling me about it, and I was like, no, oh, sounds right. <laughs> if it's not broke, why fix it? Uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. Um but yeah, so anyway, that's that's the the script phase of this movie and then brad bird signs on to direct mm. and i really i want to talk just real briefly about brad bird because i do genuinely love him okay i think that you say your I, thing on him and then i say my thing on him, okay is your thing that's a funny name that, <laughs> rob how did you know 
because you already did that bit on the last episode. But Okay, well, that's my one and only thing I have to say about him. Your turn. Yes, but I, I do think he is genuinely like one of like the great directors working today. Like this is definitely his worst film, but like the the Iron Giant, I think is is a legitimate masterpiece. Hey, um, he did Iron Giant. Yes. So his, oh, his his filmography up to this point is the Iron Giant, which was a massive flop. Um, really? Yes. That movie made that movie lost so much money. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, so, so the story behind that is like. Uh, immediately after like the Disney Renaissance begins, like with the Little Mermaid and the Lion King and all that, and everyone's like, "Oh, a man animation that can actually make money." Um, at least relearned that lesson because that had kind of not been true for a little while. Um, every studio decides that they want an animated department, um, and including Warner Brothers, and so they hire Brad Bird, who'd been this dude who'd been like floating around Hollywood forever, but like. Uh, was kind of such a notorious like perfectionist not an asshole exactly but just so demanding and so unwilling to compromise his vision that like he just could not get hired anywhere Mm -hmm. um like uh, just he would like he would get attached to projects and then be like no we need to do this the right way i'm not going to cut corners on this shit and they'd be like you are too difficult thank you we will work with someone else yeah um had like started off um have like come up through like Disney's whole development program because they have like a whole like farm team, like a farm system for animators and yeah. had worked on, had been like mentored by some of the, like the nine old men. Yeah. Yeah. Like the legendary old animators who did like all the classic Disney stuff. Um, yep, the ones that had him in blackballed. Exactly. Yeah. And like worked on the Fox and the Hound, which was this like famous movie that like, everyone who was anyone in animation both like past and future worked on and they all hated yeah um, like all, the last members of the nine old men like that was their last movie that they worked on and then like everyone who would go on to animation and be a big name worked on it like uh brad bird obviously then like tim burton um john lassiter who like co-founded pixar um don bluth i think who uh directed a bunch of like those like Secret of Nim and that type of all those movies, um, and uh, Henry Selleck who made Nightmare Before Christmas. Like everyone who worked in animation worked on The Fox and the Hound, and everyone hated it. And that was like the last kind of. I've heard its reputation has improved over the years, but at the time was viewed as like the last shitty Disney movie before the like renaissance. the actual renaissance renaissance where like they made every like they cheaped out on everything. They kept like forcing in stupid songs that no one wanted to put in. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like everyone looked at it as a compromised vision. And Fox and the Hound, insanely sad movie, too. Yes. But, yeah. but anyway, Brad Bird works on it and then is immediately like, okay, you, you taught me how to do all this shit right. Like, why are you making me do all this shit wrong? Um, like, and then just could not get hired because he insisted on doing things too well for many years okay. until, like, I what think a, for a long. Sorry, what a fucking statement to say about this man that could not get hired in Hollywood because he just wanted to do things the right way. Yes, <laughs> he had literally yeah. been taught how to do and everyone's just like, yeah, okay, but uh, can yeah. you not do that way that we just taught you how to do everything? Yeah. He's just, wait, but, but why? Yeah, for a long time, he the only job he could get was like a house director on The Simpsons, um, yeah. as, which was like a favor that was done to him by I think like Matt Groening or Sam Simon. Um, yeah. 
which I mean is a like a great show, but I don't think like the animation itself is exactly the the best thing about it. like it is well animated, but it it does not have the yeah. level of like richness and detail that like classic Disney has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. But, yeah, you're not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It's fine to look at, but it's and it's a distinct style, but it's not like you know. Yeah, yeah. No one, like, the animation on The Simpsons is so great. No, you like it because you like The Simpsons. Yeah, it's well written and acted, and the animation works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like anyway, eventually, like after the Disney Renaissance, Warner Brothers is like, okay, we we are going to try our hand at an animation department ourselves, and like, but like because every animator on the planet has been like bought up in this massive bidding war between every studios. Basically, they're sort of forced to hire Brad Bird by default. Um, just because he's one of the only guys left who like knows how to do it and like yeah animation yeah yeah and they give him the iron giant but then they have another movie i think it's quest for camelot that comes out before the iron giant Mm -hmm. and flops and like they are immediately like okay we are no longer interested in animation but already have the iron giant in development so he kind of gets to make the movie that he wanted to make because they didn't care enough to argue with him when he's like, we need to do it the right way. Yeah. But also like they didn't promote it at all. Um, yeah. And they didn't even like give it a release date for a long time, which is one of those things that like, you always like, you need to get the release date locked down like years before the movie comes out because to get those like, all the marketing deals that you need to promote an animated movie, like, you know, the McDonald's toys and the cereal box covers, like yeah. all those things need to be locked down like years in advance um so like no one knew that the iron giant was a movie so it just it cost a whole lot of money because animated movies always do and just didn't really make any it was you know it was just like critical darling but like no one saw it um yeah yeah um, yeah but like but like i mean like that's the thing is that like i mean like it's one of those movies that like yeah i mean like you said like i mean like i don't know a single person that hates the iron giant like i love them I oh, think no. it is a perfect movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's it's an absolutely stunning movie. You know what yeah. I mean? And as I was saying, yeah, I remember this is also the time. Yeah, I remember when everyone was getting an animation because then um, Fox uh, trying to do trying to make basically like a Disney esque movie. Um, you know what movie they made? What was that? They made Anastasia. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, a movie in which movie in which uh, the Romanovs are the good guys. And uh, yeah, I had feelings about that. Anyway, it's an it's an interesting movie. Um, it, it is an inter- yeah, and there's like a bat. Rasputin's a, a, yes. a bad guy with a bat, and yeah, it's really it's really an insane movie. Yes, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird movie. Yeah, it's all based off of those like weird urban legends that like Anastasia survived. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, and like yeah. those weird like old ladies that was like i'm anastasia of which there were like a thousand of them yes yeah it's it's a very it's an insane movie that that was the plot yes yeah but anyway um bolsheviks did nothing wrong continue iron giant flops um again it seems like brad bird's career might be over but uh he's buddies with a bunch of the guys over at Pixar because they, you know, they had worked together in the, the animation minds. Um, and they hire him. They're like, Hey, okay, we'll let you make a movie. What do you want to make? And he pitches like, generally speaking, like the way Pixar had worked up until that point was they sort of, they like co-wrote everything sort of together. Like they just sort of made their movies almost as a company, like in collaboration, but Brad Bird, they're like, was, was the first person they kind of 
met like allowed to make like an auteur movie where he's just like I want to make the Incredibles it is my movie I am making specifically the movie I want to make it will be a Brad Bird picture and I'm like okay um and that ends up being a massive success um oh he did Incredibles he did the Incredibles um then follows it up with sort of I mean kind of his inception which is Ratatouille yeah um which is just kind yeah. of like once you make a movie as big as The Incredibles, if you want to make a movie about a rat who is a chef, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then another huge hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, in every French class around America. Yes. Um, and then after that, like, is has, you know, an, a couple of major successes on his record and transitions to live action, directs Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which yeah. is sort of like a like a comeback movie for the franchise because it kind of seemed like the franchise might be dead after Mission Impossible 3 mm -hmm. which is a good movie that was also a kind of a disappointment because it came out right around the time everyone was figuring out Tom Cruise was a huge weirdo yeah exactly um, yeah, yeah. Really by that which is like one of those things where like folks I've said it before and I've said it again you have to separate the artist from the art Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible 3 is almost a perfect action movie. I mean, that may be a little bit extreme, but still, like, it's a, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I mean, yeah. Philip Dimar Hoffman, we've talked about it before, eating the scenery, absolutely. I believe the phrase is chewing on the scenery, but... Goblin. Goblin. Swallowing whole sets. That's actually, I mean, that's not really, a, I mean, it's a, it's a big performance and it's a really intense performance, but it's also not really a hammy performance in a weird oh. way. It's, yeah. All right, so yeah, Mission Impossible Three, good movie. Yeah. Um, Mission Impossible Four, Ghost Ghost Protocol, the title that everyone knows and understands, is also a good movie. Um, is that the one where they go to Russia? It is. They blow up the Kremlin, or they yes. get, they get framed for blowing up the Kremlin. Yes. And then, uh, um, and then they strap Tom Cruise to the side of the Burj Khalifa for a while. Mission Impossible Four, they figure out how to use the fact that Tom Cruise is a huge weirdo. The whole subtext of the movie is this guy is insane. Look at him yeah. dangling off the side of the highest building in the world. Yes. Like, that's kind of when he transitioned into, like, Mr. I'm going to maybe die on the set of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straighten about Halla. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of like a... It was Brad Bird's first, like, live-action movie. So, like, proved that he can do that and made, like, a, you know resurrected a franchise made everybody a ton of money like everybody's like yay for brad bird brad bird's got a big fat fucking blank check to spend somewhere not what i thought you were gonna say he's got a big old you, you think i was gonna talk about brad bird's hog yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i've never seen it i'm sure it's i'm sure it's i'm sure it's adequate <laughs> <laughs> okay Cool. Yeah. Glad we settled that. Yeah. You think he's met Frazier? Anyway, <laughs> be gone. Um, but, yeah. And then, so, you know, the thing that he signs on to do next is this film. Yes. Yes. Which and, is called Tomorrowland. Yeah, although briefly, like, <laughs> this film Tomorrowland, yes. What we have been, what we were discussing. Yeah, no. We've been discussing, you know, uninterrupted you know, for two hours and 20 minutes now. That's right. Definitely just didn't take a weird break in there and then tried to cover it up. No, yeah, not at because, all. Because, again, your yeah. your child decided that you were done. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Definitely, didn't, definitely didn't have a conversation before we started recording about how we're not going to lampshade this one. <laughs> well, but I... We we can we can lampshade now because I feel like I have successfully stuck the transition. I think you yeah. did great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't listen to the podcast. That's cool. I li You know what podcast I listen to? Uh, I don't even want to imagine 
Well, I was going to say call her daddy, but I actually don't, and I would have just said call her daddy. The, then... the problem with you making that joke is it is, in fact, entirely believable that you listen to Barstool podcasts. I, 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 I didn't, I tried reading Barstool when I was in college, because, of course, all, to give you a feel of my friend group, all of my friends loved Barstool, like, so mm-hmm. much, and so I tried reading it, and I was just like, this is, this is boring. This is too much reading. <laughs> barstool is too intellectual for me. It's too much work to read yeah, Barstool. It is way too much work to there read Barstool. There aren't enough... I need more smoke shows. That's exactly. the only reason I'm here. Dude, that was, dude, like, I was on the chive for like a month, literally just for, like, they had every Wednesday was hump day, and they would just show pictures of butts, and I was like, that's my speed. Just looking at pictures of butts. I'm great. And then Instagram was invented, and now I don't have to pretend. You don't have to read at all. Dude, it's so good. I love being dumb. It's fantastic. All right. So anyway, uh, Brad Bird decides... Brad Bird turned down Star Wars to make this movie. Wait, which one? He was supposed to direct Star Wars 9. Wait, uh, like the like the reboot? Yeah, the the yes, the re, he was this this movie was not made concurrently with the Phantom Menace. Oh, well, I don't know, I don't know. This movie came out in 2015, Matt. Yeah, but there's a lot of effects. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm trying to justify. I'm trying to justify. I'm trying to justify things and stuff. Because they don't ever have the same director for Star Wars every time, the new ones, right? No, I mean even for the the originals, like the of the original trilogy, George Lucas only directed the first. Not true. At least technically, you know he, uh, so, uh, like Irvin Kershner made Empire Strikes Back like pretty much on his own. George Lucas had like only has a story credit on that one, and then like George Lucas wrote Return of the Jedi, and like another dude technically has the director credit, but he's like a guy who like doesn't really have a ton of other credits to his name to his name, and like the word is like yeah, Lucas kind of shadow directed that one. Yeah. And then directed all of the uh, prequel movies with, like, you know, no help from anyone. It's just, this mm-hmm. is, like, I will I will not be taking notes. Thank you very much. You are, yes. just getting, you are getting footage directly from the inside of my brain. Isn't exactly. It, isn't it lovely? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. It's isn't a... it great that, like, I don't have anyone telling me no at all? Isn't that exactly what everyone wanted? You know what kind of sucks about George Lee? He's kind of, like, in that way, he's like dark James Cameron. He's like, we have this technology, so we're going to use it. And just in a way that totally fucks up versus James Cameron, who's like, we don't have this technology, so I'm going to invent it. And then uses it to great standards. Okay. What's it called? Can I tell you uh, something that Harrison Ford recently said? Sure. What's it called? Someone asked him if apparently Han Solo is in Rise of Skywalker. Don't know. Haven't seen it. Have you seen That's it? That's correct. Yeah. He comes back as like a ghost for a second. Yeah. So someone asked him, is, is, is Han Solo a force ghost in Rise of Skywalker? And Harrison Ford said, I don't know what a ghost, a f- I, don't, I don't know what a fucking yeah. force ghost is and I don't care. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was, Rise of Skywalker is a movie that Brad Bird would have directed. Because I had Abrams for the first one, uh, Ryan Johnson for the second, and then they tried to get Brad Bird for the third, which uh, ended up being its own kind of train wreck because it was supposed to be a movie in, almost entirely about Carrie Fisher, and then she died before they started filming, and they just never came up with another idea. Why don't they just make a new movie? Make a new movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of did. Just they got like this. This is we're going way off on a tangent. But they had already like she died. They hadn't entered like production. Production. I think there was at least a script or something. But like they had already announced the release date. And just decided that they were going to stick with that. 
and they just had to come up with everything on the fly. See, that's so insane, though, because I feel like you'd just be like, oh, yeah, no, one of the main people died. We're going to have to think some things through. Yeah. And then everyone would have been like, like, oh, okay, yeah. Carrie Fisher died at, like, 64. Like, yeah, at like, yeah like, 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 it wasn't like somebody's like, oh, you should have seen this coming. It's like, no, and, like, she was, like, sober and everything, too. She did, What did she die I, of? I think a drug overdose. Did she, actually? I think so. No? Yeah. Well, that's sad. Anyway, what's it called? Point of the fact of the matter. But, anyway, it ended up being Carrie a... Carrie Fisher was so fire in the originals. <laughs> Had to get that in. Yeah, she was, she was over 18 of those, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. But, um, Uncancelled. But Brad Bird was one of the guys that everyone was like, yeah, he's he has the right sensibility for Star Wars. I think he'd be really good for one of these movies. And there's like, I think, a week where he tried to work on both Star Wars and Tomorrowland. And then after like one week was like, I cannot do this. This is impossible. Thank you so much. But I'm... And like, picked pitch this movie over Star Wars. That's incredible. Yeah. Which I I think because this is, again, like, as weird and kind of misshapen a movie as this ended up being, like, this is clearly a passion project. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof, like, making the movie that they wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And again, like, they have to shape that movie into something that is vaguely Disney branded because that's the only way to get, like, an original movie made now. But, like, this is, this is... This is de- clearly a deeply personal personal movie about, you know, what happened to the future? What did happen to the future? What happened to the future? Well, we all stopped believing uh, because of tachyons, I guess, somehow. That's a tachyon? It's a part of, I think, a still Those large... hot chip, right? What? Tachyons, yeah, those hot chips. Hot chips? Yeah, you know, those little, like, ones that come in a purple bag. I don't know what you're referencing. It's Ta- a... Th- Takis. Okay. Um, That's a great joke. I'm sure. I wish you had some culture. <laughs> but a tachyon is a, uh, I think, I believe still theoretical, faster than light particle. Um, oh. Is that different but, than like a neutrino? Yes. Okay. There are actually many different kinds of particles. I think it's all made up. <laughs> okay. But. They thought alchemy was real. We could be wrong about this. Anyway. <laughs> That's why I said theoretical, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Theories can be wrong. Yep, that's what it means. I'm glad we agree. Yes, we do. Okay. But. (laughs) Okay. We kind of just have to keep talking. Yeah, we have to to keep talking. It has now been, like, two weeks since I have seen this movie. And, like, there... I... I don't even know how to like get back. <laughs> I remember it perfectly. So it's also like, so I, the thing that I kept thinking watching this movie is like this should be my favorite movie. Really? Yes. Why? Because I, as much of a deeply despairing man that I am, I do like these kinds of, not I didn't like this movie. I almost like this movie. I think there are interesting things going on in it. It is made by people who are good at their jobs, but I think it is ultimately a miss. But, again, I, I really like these people. Like, I think mm-hmm. Brad Bird is a fantastic director. Um, Iron Giant, I think, is a perfect movie. Yeah! Um, and, like, I like that kind of very earnest, like... I like earnestness when it is well done. That's why you and, like me so much. And that even that, in, you know, 
a kind of earnestness that engages with like despair mm-hmm. and still finds some you know reason for hope yeah um and like it's a and it's like one of like the last movies George Clooney ever made before he just decided to become like a tequila magnate. Yeah. Um, Which hilariously actually seems to be kind of working for him. Yeah, like I think George George Clooney seems very happy like not making movies. Yeah. Like, he like he just like he made this movie in 2015 and then in 2016 uh, he had Hail Caesar, which was pretty good, nice Coen Brothers movie, and Money Monster, which was never saw, never yep. heard anything about it that ever made me want to see it. Nope. But, like, was very clearly, like, okay, there were a couple of interesting directors who wanted to work with me. I'll work with them, like, the Coen brothers and Jodie Foster, who's another, like... Yeah. Again, like, another just, like, 90s star who's like, yeah, I, you know, I think I am done acting. I just want to direct, which... Yeah. She's a great director, and I would love to impress her somehow. I just kind of figure out how. I don't know if she's a great director. I've never seen a movie of hers that I particularly enjoyed. I, I, have, I, I have seen The Beaver. I did not like The Beaver. But did we watch it. It was that Zombievers. Was that no. her? No. Okay. I'm talking... I, the Beaver is an insane movie. I, is it about vaginas? No. It's about uh, Mel... It's like the first movie... Wait, hold Mel, on. Who's in it? Mel Gibson. It's, okay. It's Already like the, in. It's the first movie Mel Gibson made like after getting like double canceled. Um, for some reason, Jodie Jody Foster wanted to make his like comeback movie, which is... It's... Uh, <laughs> It was based on a like a blacklist script, which is this, like this database of like the best unproduced scripts, which usually end up being unproduced for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like most most of the time, was like a blacklist script finally gets made. It's like I understand why this never got made. And yeah. the, the Beaver is a great example of that, where it's a movie about this dude who I don't remember exactly why, but everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. He's just going through like some like weird professional and midlife crisis where his family hates him, his wife hates him, he's failing at work, and yeah. And it's then me, <laughs> shut the fuck up. And then, just for whatever reason, decides to start interacting with everyone. Like, finds a beaver puppet and just starts interacting with everyone in his life through through this beaver puppet. Wait, and yeah, so it's Mel Gibson talking to everyone he sees through a beaver puppet, and it's supposed to be very sad and serious. What? <laughs> and this is like the first movie made after he's like. This is supposed to be his comeback after Sugar Tits Holocaust Denial. No, with sugar, no, 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 hold on, you forget. With Sugar Tits, Holocaust yeah, Denial. After all of it. And then number... called his wife, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. People forget about the wife call, because the wife call... That's rough. That's that, maybe the roughest. That I, I honestly think, yeah, because like, cause like uh, Jews control everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, calling a cup Sugar Tits, right? What's it called? A, a phrase I had never heard before. Yeah. Right? What's it called? But then the wife call, I, I honestly agree. Even as a Jewish man... The wife call, I heard the wife call, and I was like, that is... This is how you treat the people you ostensibly love? Exactly. That was the... That was that was the roughest one. Yeah. That was... Yeah. yeah, that's the roughest part of that. But anyway, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Man, we might need to watch that movie. I have... Once was enough. Um, have you watched it? I reviewed that movie. For for the paper. For the paper, yeah. But anyway, I reviewed that movie for, for, for my paper. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, you know what my paper is? What's your paper? It's the Wall Street Journal. That's not a good joke. That's a great joke. I okay. went to George Mason. Anyway, uh, didn't go to George Mason. Anyway, no, but so uh, Tomorrowland. But uh, George Clooney specifically is what we were talking about. Just, oh, yeah. He just sort of like decided that, he, again, kind of like Foster, just I'm not going to act unless I am directing myself or maybe there's an auteur who wants to direct me. Yeah, like the Coen. So, yeah, so just from like 2016 to like literally the other day, like he never didn't appear in a movie. And it was just like making 
tequila because that's his thing now. And then, yeah. like, and George Clooney, kind of like Jodie Foster, like, I kind of appreciate generally what they're going for, like, yeah. in, in terms of their directorial style where they kind of want to be like a, you know, a, more of a classic, like... Wait, what has George Clooney directed? Uh, Good Night and Good Luck is kind of like his one, like, respected movie. Um, I saw that boring movie. Yeah. I don't think you're the audience for that. I, I haven't seen it in years, but I do remember enjoying it. Um, his first movie uh, was a, a more interesting one. Uh, I don't think... It was a, a uh, Serbian con- film. No, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, uh, which was the... Biopic about, uh, I think it was Sam Rockwell starred in it. I was, gonna, I was about to say, wait, they did a biopic of Sam Rockwell? Yeah, um, no, <laughs> Sam Rockwell starred, it's based on a, I mean, an aesthetic, based on a, the, like, claims of a very weird dude. Um, this, like, game show producer who, like, and I think invented, like, the gong show ended up claiming he was, like, a CIA asset. Yes. Um, and was, like, a covert assassin for them. Yes. Yeah, so George Clooney made a movie about that guy. He made a movie about me. <laughs> yes. But then, I am a Sicario. But, but then, like, af- other than those two movies, all of his movies have been these very, like, kind of just unsuccessful middle-brow movies like Leatherheads and The Monuments Men and Suburbicon. Saw the first two of those in the theater. No, saw 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 Leatherheads in the theater. Saw Monuments Men in like on like HBO or something. I saw Leatherheads in the theater with my like freshman year high school girlfriend because she was had a huge crush on Office Jim. Um, yeah, I I love that John Krasinski just just somehow gaslit the entire country into thinking that he's an attractive man. He's not an unattractive man. He's not an unattractive man, but he's not an attractive... Like, 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 okay, shut the fuck up. No, no if I... John... Shut the fuck up. We're moving on. Okay, 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 okay. We do not have can time... I say, can I say something about no, George No, you Clooney? cannot. Um, can I say something about George Clooney? Okay, yes, you yeah, can. No, George okay. Clooney. So, George Clooney. Um, here's the thing, right? I mean, you think about it. I mean, the man's basically had the perfect life, right? You know, he got to act. He got rich. He was named, like, sexiest man alive, like, eight times. <laughs> and now he's just, like, a liquor magnate. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, and he's basically... And he doesn't got a point in his career. He's just like, yeah, if, like, a really good director wants to direct me so that I might win an Oscar, yeah, sure, but... A, re- a really good director like me. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... yeah. Either, either I'll direct or yeah. someone better than me. And yeah. that's my standard. Like, I, I, like, I saw, like... I, I was I didn't know that he had a movie coming out this year, and so I saw it. I was like, "Ooh, George Clooney is starring in this like post-apocalyptic survival movie. That sounds cool. Like, I'm actually kind of excited about this." And I saw it directed by George Clooney. I was like, "Ah, <laughs> that's fallen like that's fallen way down on my list all of a sudden." What movie is it? It's called The Midnight Sky. It's again, he's like, surviving in Antarctica after the end of the world or something. I don't know. This is like the worst place to be at the end of the world. <laughs> Why would you be in Antarctica? I think. It, I okay. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I think he was like a research scientist or something. It's just whatever happened didn't happen to him. Oh. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Be- but okay. Well. Well. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for having an interest in your life. I'm sorry for being such a good friend. You need to shut the fuck up. I've done nothing. Um. No. But Tomorrowland, I think, was really cool because, um, first off, I'm gonna say it starts off, and it's a little boy. Okay, sh- who's invented you, you a jetpack? You cannot, you cannot do this. Okay, I have a question. How do you feel about this thing that they do in movies? Because they do it in this movie, and 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 I have a, I actually have a very strong opinion in it. When they do like, do like boy genius. How do you feel about? We it? have not gotten there. Okay, but, where are okay. we? Okay, so 
You, you, I love you, Matt. You cannot guide the conversation. No, I just feel bad making you do all the guiding. Yeah. It, trust me, it is less stressful for me when I do it. <laughs> I'm checked. Okay. I'm the so kid you, trying to drive the car. You have, you have Brad Bird, what, fantastic director, Damon Lindelof, who has written some of my favorite television ever. Some, he's got some truly annoying bad tendencies that I think show up in this movie. But, like, Lost has some of, like, I think the great, like, the, some of, like, my favorite individual television moments happened watching Lost. Like, I don't know if the series totally holds together, but it's great moments. The latter couple of seasons of The Leftovers, I think, are some of the best TV I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And even, like, Watchmen was, like, this really cool, like, alternate take on, on something that, you know, was sort of famously unadaptable. Did Alan Moore like the TV show? No, he doesn't like. It. I don't think he watched it, but I think on principle he doesn't didn't like it. That's he's, and then you've got again like one of the only remaining like real movie stars giving one of his like yeah, George Clooney sort of final performances. Who is you know one of the last of that type for a reason? Like is uh, you know is so charismatic and also you know a, like a fairly ta- talented like character actor to boot. I I knew a person whose mom apparently made out with George Clooney at a party one time and like and like it was to such a degree that like everyone in like basically like in like the larger kind of friend grouping that I was in in my school like knew that about this person because like yeah like that was like it was like a big deal that like her mom had some sort of connection to George Clooney even if it was they made out which part of me was like I don't know. It's George Clooney. Why wouldn't you fuck him? Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, you might not tell your child, I fucked George Clooney at a party once. Oh, my God. I... Oh, my God. It's taking me to this point. Ruthie's mom fucked George Clooney. That's <laughs> absolutely what happened. Maybe. I don't know. We don't... I don't know this person. But, I'm gonna... I, but, no, I know Ruthie. But, okay, it's, congratulations. <laughs> you're welcome. Like, you take those ingredients and you shake it up. I feel you should have a masterpiece. Absolutely. And again, this, this I think, is such an interesting movie because it, feel, it feels so close to that and yet falls so short. Yes. But, the, like, the basic setup is you have... So, like, there are warning signs from, like, minute one in this movie. Like, where, like, you begin with... What I think is uh, very cool, which is George Clooney talking about how we are all fucked and going to die. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, George Clooney, you are correct. Yeah. You have assessed things correctly. And, it's you know, you, he's giving this narration over, like, shots of, like, some sort of doomsday clock counting down to zero. And then, immediately, like, this movie kind of screeches to a halt because it immediately does one of the uh, most annoying things a movie can do, which is have another narrator interrupt the narration and be like, oh, you're telling the story wrong. Yeah, I uh, hate that. I hate that. Yes. And I, mm-hmm. he is interrupted by uh, the uh, hero girl of the story whose name I can't remember because it's been two weeks since I'm I watched it. I'm going to say it's Piper. Uh, it's definitely not. We should look this up if we're going to discuss the plot of this movie. Yeah, folks, and just for a little bit of uh, just for a little bit of background, uh, it's yeah, we, we are in one of those things where it's a 23-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Yes, and yeah. it, it does not work in no. this movie. She is... Because she, she overcompensates by getting very screechy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. know how much of that is, you know, the performance versus the direction. Yeah. Um, versus just her naturally. Yeah, and I I, uh, I haven't seen her in other things, but I know I have heard from people that she has been all right in other things. But Britt Robertson is the actress's name, playing Casey. Playing um, Casey. 
but yes, it is. It is uh, just a a difficult performance. I yeah. think like not catastrophically bad. Just one of those like gears that doesn't quite turn the way yeah. it should. That keeps this movie from really functioning. Yeah. The way you would hope. You know, it um, should have been. Who's that? Should have been Chloe Grace Moretz. That's just because that's one of the few child actors you have heard of. No, but I think she's really good at like playing that. Like she's really good at playing high school. I think she can be used well in places. She's not my favorite. I think she has limits. But... Yeah. And those limits are she's I mean she's like in her twenties now, right? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Almost well, certainly. Yeah, those limits are when I put that wedding ring on her. Yeah, I don't oh Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. Um wanted to make sure. I didn't know that's where that was going. I don't like that. But why, why don't you like that? You why, why don't you okay, want me okay, okay. to be happy? Oh, okay. Shut the fuck up. I'm 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 okay. All done. Uh um, What's it called? No, but so, um, and then who's, and then you but, have, but the, uh, like, um, and that's, that's like the whole setup of the movie. Like George Clooney is very cynical, very pessimistic. And then Casey has lost faith. He's, he's brilliant, but has lost faith. Yeah. And Casey is an eternally optimistic youth who will, you know, possibly somehow yeah. rejuvenate the world with her yeah. spirit. And I need to, like, stress that. Is that, like, her character isn't just like, well, okay, I know things look bad, but, like, we're going to be okay. Like, 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 her character is like, no, everything's going to be okay, no matter what. It's going to be fine. Her, yeah. her character is, 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 is like, like, I don't think her character can be pessimistic. Yeah, the way that she is introduced, like, after this little prologue segment, um, when they find, when they get back to introducing her character, which this movie is weirdly structured. Yeah. But we'll get into, I want to get into that in a second. Just the way that they introduce her character is... Of like uh, home video footage of her as like a uh, like a toddler, mm-hmm. like looking up at the stars and being like, "I want to go there one day." And her parents being well, like, yeah, and like knowing all of them, and then her parents being like, "How do you know all them?" She's like, "Cause I'm gonna go there." Yes, and her parents say like, well, "What if you get there and there's nothing there?" And then she almost the the child actor who's really leaning hard into the like the twinkly eyed child actor shit, like not playing it subtly, like basically turns to the camera wide eyed and says like. But what if there's everything? It's like, is, oh my fucking god. Yeah. And like, again, like, Brad Bird has made movies about children where he has, like, used children well. Yes. And that is, that is, like, all of the, the worst cliche shit that I hate about child actors. You, like, know, you know what this movie felt like? What's that? It felt like a YA book, but, like, a YA book that was written for, like, women in their 30s. I don't agree with that, but... <laughs> okay, that's fine. I think that sometimes you just have a handful of reference points that you've pulled off Twitter. What are you talking about? No, that's exactly what this... No, you know what I mean? No. What What child wants to hear another child talk about how there could be everything? See, you don't have an answer for oh, that. Oh, I don't, I don't think any person wants to hear that. I think it's just bad exactly. writing. Yeah, well, and what is and what is young adult all, literature? All, okay, all, all bad writing, definitionally, is YA stuff written for adults. If it's bad, that's just that's what it is. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you're saying I was right? Yes, I am. Yes! Oh my so, god, wait, are you actually saying that? No! Oh my god, don't terrible, play with terrible my... Terrible analysis. Don't play with my heart. For a hot second, I thought I actually made a point. No! <laughs> I don't think it could have been clear that I was being sarcastic. <laughs> There are many different kinds of bad writing. Yeah. There's YA. There's poems. Okay. Lazy. All right. Great. 
That's three. <laughs> and one of them was no, a I was genre. Say, no, a I, medium, was saying, I was saying poems are lazy. Those are very short. Okay, sh- Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. That's why. Every, that's, that's that's what everyone knows about poetry. It's so easy. It is. It is. I can rhyme so many words. Okay. All right. There's so, a whole website about it. Anyway, moving on. So yeah. So beyond just the sort of grating nature of the protagonist, which is really, really a problem. Like, yeah. It, the movie is. A yeah, game. that is actually. That is actually. I would say that is actually really tough because yeah. like everything with Clooney in it is like I mean Clooney's fine in this yeah you know what I think mean? I think he's good yeah 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 I think I the only reason but, I say a part of me is also just like I get to see George Clooney I, yeah. I feel so good about that like I don't think this is his best performance or anything but no. like he's not sleepwalking here and when you have George Clooney show up and do George Clooney should be like yeah yeah no no it's kind of crazy because I totally expected him in this movie I don't, and I don't know why I expected it but I expected it to just be one of those movies that he's just like Cha-ching, pay me, bitch. You know what I mean, right? And just cashing that check. But, like, no, like, he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him do a paycheck movie. I'm sure he has, but I can't really think of any off the top yeah. of my head. Um, like, he generally, like, picks interesting movies. Um, <laughs> they're not always successful, but, like, yeah. I can't think of a whole lot of just, like, whatever films that he's been in. Um, that is, I think, one of the things that is, that has, you know, sort of given him the career that he has, is that he has consistently been so interesting and so selective mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and why it, it, this fact that he's willing to just take like a half decade off I think speaks to that um, yeah, absolutely um, but so after that little like narration prologue just sort of setting up the central like the central question and tension of this movie is of you know just is of just is the glass half full or half empty, half empty yeah which is just the whole thematic question of this movie like you go and follow george clooney's character as a child for the first like 15 20 minutes yeah which is interminable <laughs> i mean it does have that like a little bit of that like fantastic four like boy genius shit, yeah uh, jimmy neutron bullshit which yeah. is again like i think makes sense to an extent for the tone of this movie i think yeah. a lot of the issue with it is i think structural as much as anything yeah like um i know that like the way that this sequence is put together in the final product is not the way bird intended to film it Mm -hmm. like the first scene of the movie was like so the way that it's set up in the movie is it's uh george clooney again i should look up the character name um but george clooney's character whose name is uh yes frank walker Um, i didn't know that uh, because <laughs> because I feel like those uh, were uh, named they came up by like pulling names out of a hat. Yes, like it's yeah. not Frank Walker. Yeah, like, such a Frank. What does he do? He dis- walks a lot. Distinctive character yeah. name, Frank exactly. Walker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, American yeah. male. Yeah. Hello, my name is American male. <laughs> but uh, like as a child, you know, he uh, he goes to the World's Fair to present his invention, which is a jetpack that almost works. Um, mm-hmm. And Hugh Laurie, who is you know the head of the in- invention contest committee or whatever and is very stern and is like what is what is the purpose of this invention young boy exactly it's "It's fun exactly you know people will see it and they'll believe in the future and Hugh Laurie is like not good enough (laughs) yeah (laughs) fun what is this fun you speak I do not believe in fun (laughs) only function I'll I'll say though I'll say though points to this movie for letting a British person just be a British person yes absolute points for that well I mean 
<laughs> I don't I like I don't know how much of a stretch it is to be like, hmm, a villain. Who should play them? A, a <laughs> maybe a Brit. What a stretch it would be to cast a Brit as the villain. I love that we do that. I love that we're just like, yeah, no, they're evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Like, I do love that the Empire in Star Wars is like every every officer come comes from like the Greater London area. Exactly, yeah. No and and and, and it all just felt completely thematically right. Yeah. Because if it had been shoe on the other foot it would have been weird. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Although I would have loved it to see all like the Imperial officers are all just like, I don't know, have that like dumbass Texas accent. You know, a very specific, like not like a southern accent, but like a Texas accent. Yeah. It's like there's ah, how are you doing? But anyway, to get back to what we were saying, having a good time. Yeah, having a good time. Uh, The uh, so the way that the scene is set up, it's just it's like Frank going to Hugh Laurie and being like, "Please, sir, may I have some science?" Please, please, may um, I have a may may I go to the institute? And then it sort of awkwardly throws in these like jump cuts of or quick cuts of like Frank testing out the invention on like his his hometown farm, bullshit farm in like Iowa that he I guess like rode or or wherever the hell he is. He, like, rode a bus by himself and is, you know, in shots of his dad being like, can you stop doing science? Yeah, it is. I mean, but so what I'm trying to say is, like, so there are these just little moments taken from that of, like, you know, you're you're mostly seeing him at the World's Fair and then for a second cut away to, like, him on the farm trying and failing to get this jetpack to work. Mm -hmm. Um, The way the scene was supposed to be set up was the, the beginning of the film was supposed to be, like, a complete sequence of him at the farm, like trying this invention and it failing, mm. which I feel like would have worked a little better. There'd be a little bit yeah. more like so, show so not like, tell. So like, so like, so like, 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 like opening credits. I well, think you probably. Well, we still, don't do opening credits. Anymore. You probably still have the like the dumb prologue where they're arguing over the narration. Well, okay, dumb prologue. But at least then... of this sequence, like the Frank's childhood sequence, it begins with a like a full scene where he tries this invention, it fails, and then his dad, Frank Sabatka. From the yeah, wire. pulls him aside and is like, "Son, science is bullshit. You got to learn how to farm." Exactly. Um, and Can you please farm? Yes. Which, and they couldn't do that because, like, you uh, uh, apparently it is against union regulation regulations to like uh, strap a child to a rocket. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things that like uh, you can do that in animation. Yeah. But uh, I guess that like, and people kept telling Brad Bird like that's not going to work in live action because you just you can't film that like you can't strap a child to a you, rocket you can't like you can't have a child on set long enough to do that kind of like weird that like very advanced like special effects stuff yeah like it's just you're not going to have enough time with them because there are time limits on like the amount of time you can have a child on set. oh is that for uh yeah john landis kind of ruined that for everyone John Landis. Uh, he's the guy who killed several children on the set of the twilight zone movie. that's right yeah. that's yeah. it yeah 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 um God, why and, a, and an adult. He killed an adult, too. That's true. Um, Wait, which adult did he kill? Vic Morrow? That's right. It was yeah. Vic Morrow. He yeah. dropped a helicopter on them. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, very bad. Yeah, yeah you why shouldn't they, do that. Why did they finish making that movie? <laughs> I, I, I have no answers for you, Matt. <laughs> I have no answers. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but, some, I'm, going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say sunk costs. <laughs> Just at a certain point. It's sunk costs. Yeah, several children. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Um, but that's the one where we get the um, we get William Shatner. There's something on the wing, right? Well, no, that's the the original Twilight. Is Zone the original episode. one William Shatner? Yeah. Oh. Pre Star Trek William Shatner. That's. And right. then the actually the George Miller segment of the Twilight Zone movie adapts that 
yeah. Twilight Zone episode and replaces Shatner with John Lithgow. That's right. Yeah. Uh, God, is that better? I think that might be better. John Lithgow is so cool. I mean, in terms of quality of actor, yes, I will take John Lithgow <laughs> over William Shatner any day. But William Shatner is 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 an insane person. Yeah, and John Lithgow is an actor who can effectively portray an insane person exactly. and also several other things. Exactly, yeah, but it's just relatively regular. He's a, I, wait, John Lithgow actually might be like one of the sh- like an American Shakespeare type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think he does theater yeah. and such. Yeah. But Versus, like, every account I've ever heard of anyone, both, like, people I've actually met and people I've just, like, heard interviews with who has met William Shatner is just like, no, he's just, like, that's not a character. That's just how yes. he is all the time. All right, and it's are. insane. Sorry, moving Almost on. Almost three hours in and have covered five minutes of the plot. Okay. But the point I was making is just I think that that original sequence would have worked better because it would be more show and not tell will get you into the movie more rather than just kind of awkwardly yeah. cutting between like little yeah. segments of things. Yeah. But anyway, where it goes from there is there uh, there's a little girl yeah. with uh, with Hugh Laurie, a little British girl, Mister Mister Nix or Doctor Nix or some yeah. shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Nix's dad. Yeah, there's a little girl named Athena who mm-hmm. uh, actually like. I don't know the actress's name, but she like she is actually very good. Like there are good child performances in this yeah. movie. It's just when you have an adult play a teenager, yeah. and like overcompensate for that, it gets a little weird. Exactly. Yeah. Which like I don't understand. Like why don't you just make her? I mean, I mean, is it that much more impressive that she's in like that she's in like high school versus like, like college? college? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I think they're probably going for like we want like real youthful Pollyanna yeah. energy, which again I don't know that you necessarily need. No, not but at all. But if you want that, cast someone who like. Feels non super weird. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I remember there's a scene in this movie where like she like raises her hand in class and says something in class, and I was like looking at it, I was like, you don't look. I'd yeah. be like, this is some 21 Jump Street shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is absolutely. I'd be like, I'm not. You're yeah. not invited to the party. You're no. gonna bust. Yeah. What's it called? You're about to hello fellow kids us. But yeah, no. But I, I mean, I, 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 it really was disappointing that they didn't just make her like, like the age she is in real life. Because yeah. like, yeah, twenty three year olds are so. I would be so impressed if a twenty three year old said anything smart. But yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm impressed when anyone of any age says anything intelligent. It's so hard to be smart. It's, it's, it's pretty easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then, okay. So where it goes from here? So, uh, Athena, this little girl who turns out to be a robot. Yes. We can get into that. Uh, anyway, she she see she sees Frank Walker's invention and and more importantly his can do spirit. Exactly. He's got gumption and moxie. This kid. She and and and, and she loves that. Yeah, she's literally a uh, basically a walking algorithm designed to sort like to find moxie. Yeah, exactly. her, her life's purpose is to find moxie. She wanders the earth like a Ronin, just searching for moxie, town to town. <laughs> is <laughs> do you have any gumption here, sir? Do you think I have moxie? You have uh, brain damage. <laughs> but... <laughs> but... Uh, man, man, there are so many 60-year-old former quarterbacks with moxie. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. He has moxie. But... Anyway, so see, see, seeing that young Frank. Why did he have an accent? 
make sense. Because it's based on a real person. So get a person from there. Get an African actor. Why do you? No, you can't do that, Matt. You, ha- you have to get Will Smith. Because if you get Will Smith, the movie will make $12 million no, or actually, whatever concussion yeah, made. What's it not? What's it not? You just, no, you get the guy from Blood Diamond. Jimon Hansu? Everyone loves him. I think he's a great actor. He wouldn't have made Will Smith money. Concussion didn't make Will Smith money. <laughs> well, concussion, so- concussion made $12. <laughs> but, yeah, I shouldn't have said million. I should have just said $12. Yeah, exactly. one, one, Will Smith's mom bought a ticket to, <laughs> to Concussion. <laughs> on, his, on, on his senior discount. Yeah. Yeah, matinee what? pricing. Okay, wait, can I ask? Wait to call it. Did his wife cheat on him or something? I don't know. <laughs> this, oh. Okay, anyway, no, okay, okay, okay. So the Moxie you, robot... You have to remember, we haven't been talking for 20 minutes. We've been talking for three hours at this oh, point. Oh, that's true. That's yes. true. Yes. I know it feels like we've only been talking for 20 minutes because right now, you and I, at, in this session, have only been talking for 20 minutes. But the timer over there says 2.56. Okay, well, yeah. we, can finish, we can finish in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, whatever. Okay, this is... I, I, I'm going to say this to you, dear dear listener, who's probably already unsubscribed. Uh, we're going to be taking some time off. Don't worry. You will have to listen to less of us going forward. Yes, exactly. Um, but anyway, so she sees that she sees that Frank Walker has taken enough hits from linebackers to have sufficient brain damage to believe in the future, which is what we call Moxie. That Apparently, is Moxie. That's our bit now. That is um, absolutely Moxie. Yeah, but uh, so she gives him a little pin. So much Moxie, he's going to shoot himself in the chest. <laughs> and... And when he goes, when he gets a little pin, he, uh, when he goes on the It's a Small World ride, which I guess they had at the World's Fair. Yeah, in, like, New York. I don't, that legitimately might be true. Yeah, we don't know. I don't, I don't know what the World's Fair is. I don't know, I don't, I know it was, like, a big deal, and I knew that H.H. Holmes killed a lot of people at one of them, and that's all I know about it. that's it. It used to be a thing, like, Tent Revivals. Men in Black. Yeah. Yes. It's the same one. It's the Men in Black World's Fair. Yeah, yeah, Tent Revival. Which I, I guess Jet revivals, uh, tuberculosis, yeah. and uh, trying to think of a funny third thing, but I can't. So we're moving the on. The clan. <sighs> okay, they're big. What you, you? That's okay. Nope, you went too hard with it. You got. I, you made it weird. I did. Well, I apologize. No, you don't. I don't at all. No. <laughs> but but he, when he's going on this ride, the the something scans the pin, and he he enters Tomorrowland. And here's... Wait, hold on. Okay, can I say something? Do we ever really get a real answer what Tomorrowland is? <laughs> no. Okay, we do okay. Not. Just want to make sure we, I didn't miss what anything. What we know from this sequence is he goes to Tomorrowland, which is this other place. He goes on, like, an interdimensional transport yeah. or something. And it's it looks like, you know, like a a city of the future from, like, a 1950s sci-fi paperback. He basically goes to Bioshock. But, like, uh, pre-fall like fall Bioshock? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when everything is still like shiny and white, and exactly, full of sunlight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of um. Uh, Before everyone goes mad on hypos. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminded me of. You know what it reminded me a lot of? It reminded exactly. me a lot of Infinite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so. Well, hold on. We'll get into that in a second. But well, let's put a pin in the Bioshock thing. Okay. I think that is worth talking about. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a, just. I think just another structure problem with this movie. So, like, you see, like. Tomorrowland, like fifteen minutes in, and then after you like, have you watch Frank like fly around Tomorrowland on his jetpack and be like, "Whoa, holy shit! Isn't all of this so cool?" Like, then you 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 get like a sense of at least like what it looks like. Again, like the purpose is still like unclear and kind of remains so throughout the the rest of the movie. They never like totally clear it up, 
But you at least, you have experienced the wonder of Tomorrowland as much mm -hmm. as they can show you. Um, or at least as much as they ever do show you. And then the next hour of the movie after that is watching Casey run around being like, what is Tomorrowland? Yeah. Like, you can't... I think it's just a, a real structural problem that you see it and then they pretend that you haven't seen it for the yeah. next hour. Like, I feel like the move here would be you have, like, uh, Frank, like, emerging from the transporter and, like, looking up at something in the distance, but you're just seeing his face and, like, the look of awe. Yes! And, and then, oh, man, yes. And then, and then you cut forward to Casey's story. Mm -hmm. and, and you make her story about 30 minutes shorter. Probably, yeah. This movie yeah. could stand to be shorter, and it yeah. could stand well, to have well, 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 not just a movie. I think I would like to see more Tomorrowland, less Casey, guess, less Casey by herself. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I think like there's a lot of just business with her, like s running around, like sabotaging the decommissioning of NASA launch pads because yeah. she believes in space. Which again, I agree with you. Like yeah. I think space is cool, but yeah. also like I don't know why I'm supposed to be impressed at this person. Like. Adds, like, two hours of delay to... Yeah. Like, she, like, removes, like, some pins or something from, a like, a, a crane that's going to knock down a big launch tower. And she's like, ah, I held him off for two hours. I've, and I've done it. Yeah. And, and any little thing I can do counts. And exactly. I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah. It yeah. Is, it's hard not to feel like just... You're stupid. Yeah. You're just... No, you're stupid. You're so I know, stupid. I know we're supposed to believe in you having moxie and youthful optimism, but at a certain point, you're just stupid. Yeah. No, no you could and probably... your yeah. dad, Tim McGraw, is right to be like... Your dad literally played by Tim McGraw for some reason. Tim, Tim, Tim McGraw playing a NASA Tim, engineer. Tim, Aerospace engineer Tim McGraw is like, honey, I don't think you really helped that much by slightly delaying... Yeah. Like a billion dollar program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. When I saw... I, I hit the prime x-ray thing and I was like, wait, Tim McGraw? <laughs> Interesting casting. I it's, don't know why. I, I, you know, I don't hate it. But, yeah. yeah, no, but... But, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, there, there, there is a ton of, like, exposition, basically, about, like, her and her character and, like... What basically, and it's not exposition. It's just a bunch of displays of moxie. It's her yeah. raising. Keep hitting the same note over and over again. For yeah, me. and that and that and that's why I said like, give me thirty minutes less of it because like honestly, it was like it, it got incredibly tiresome because I was like, I get it. She yeah. sucks. No, no, she doesn't. No, but she has moxie. I get like 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 there there's like there's like a not small shot where it's just like a day at school for her and just her raising her hand over and over and over again and then she eventually just goes, "How do we fix it?" and then the teacher's like, "I'm not answering that. Goodbye." Well, I She's at school, and in each um, each class she is going to, like, problems are being to descri being described. Like, the yeah. English teacher is talking about dystopia. Uh, the science <clears throat> teacher is talking about, like, global warming. Uh, there are other examples that I have forgotten. Yeah, and which, like, which, like, gets talked about at school. To, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying... Okay. And so she, in each class, like, she raises her hand and does not get called on. Yeah. And then finally... Pretty funny. Yeah, and because the, the teacher is just ignoring it. Like, again, it's making the point that, like... You know, these people who have ideas and moxie are being ignored by a bureauc bureaucracy that is just uh, coasting yeah. on neutral. This is an anti-teacher uh, movie. Anti-teacher movie. They've all, yeah. they, the teachers, they've got no moxie. That's right. The teachers have no moxie. And this little girl who does have moxie is being, or yeah. not little Yeah, this girl. little girl, yeah. This yeah. adult. <laughs> this, this, this adult who looks like she's been held back for five years. 
is being ignored because because she's interested yeah. in asking like asking yeah, what the are reporter the from never been kissed i'm not i'm not interested in all of the problem well i am interested in all of the problems you're describing but only if we can figure out a solution yeah that's and yeah the the central thesis of this movie essentially is that we have become so focused on the problems that we have that we've stopped being interested in solutions exactly we yeah. just like being focused on problems and talking about how bad everything is right we are essentially a cynical people yeah which i don't know is wrong yeah no oh no I, I was thinking about it i was like i was like yeah but you can't fix any of that well <laughs> that that might be wrong i would that, like to think that it is wrong i hope it's wrong yeah. but until then i'm buying a gun and i'm a sicario Shut the fuck starting up. a free company Shut the fuck up but like if you want to again if you want to establish that your your main character is someone like who has such faith and capability importantly like she's supposed to be an ultra competent like someone who could like this movie is literally about this person having both such spirit and such ability that she will yeah. Save save the human race. Keep us from annihilating ourselves. She's going to seventy something on the who's it, what's it. <laughs> and if if your point is all of her optimism, all of her attempts to like change the course of the super tanker that is humanity are in fact having an impact and not futile. I don't know why you would start with like the ultimate futile act of she slightly slowed down. Uh, a massive program that exactly. is going to continue without her. Like that just the like the space shuttle decommission thing is such a weird way to try and make that point. Yeah, I mean I mean that I think speaks to like a larger issue with the way the movie defines its characters. But, yeah, exactly. And just spends its time. Yeah. I mean I mean I mean like you could I mean I really think you could completely cut that. I mean, you know, you know what you could even do? You could have her like I mean like chain herself you know you know what you do, you make it very quick. You have her chain herself to it and they have to cut her out. Something like that. Just a one scene thing where she's established, I don't think we should give up on this, but then she's immediately defeated, walk away. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like something like that, right? To have that optimism, but then like, yeah, because you're like, like br brothers and sisters, they literally show this woman do that, like two like longer scenes of her doing that. Like, I mean, there's just so much fat on this. Yeah, they show her do it, and they show her go back and do it again. Exactly. And get caught that time. Yeah, um, yeah. Which eventually, which leads to, I don't remember how, but the little girl robot who's there out to search for Moxie, she notices our Casey. That's right. And gives her a pin. That's and, right. And uh, it's a little, or the pin shows up, and she gets arrested the second time she goes back to, like, dismantle the launch pad or whatever the fuck. Or, yeah. And in her possessions, when she is bailed out of prison, there is this little pin with a T on it. And when she touches the pin, she sees, like, uh, the whole background around her changes. It does, like, the like Buster Keaton Sherlock Jr. thing. Yeah. Where, like, she stays the same, but the background changes. And, like, the grim, gray, fluorescent, just... Police station. Police station falls away, and you she's suddenly in a corn... Or a wheat field mm -hmm. at golden hour. And off in the distance, you see just the shining towers of tomorrow around. You see the shining towers of Tomorrowland, and Golden Hour is uh, shooting at either like the uh, sunset or sunrise when it's you know the light has a golden quality to it. Oh. Yeah. Also, Magic Hour. Oh, also known as cheating. Um, but I think like again like that that's kind of the money shot of the movie like yeah. seeing like grim dull reality far fall away and being transported to this shining other world. And I think how much more impact that would have if you had not seen the other world already. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah. No. Or, or, or I think like I think you actually came up with the best alternative for it. If, if, if you literally just saw like the light kind of coming off of it, 
but all you knew is that there was something shiny, but you 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 getting in, in the Frank Walker Child prologue. exactly yeah yeah like getting a a look at the kid and seeing his wonder like again sets up like some suspense yes, and like mystery exactly. and like you want to know what he's seeing and then yeah. when you finally do like you're paying something off yeah exactly like this is this is like a payoff to a payoff yeah like, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so you don't feel anything right. And so the rest of the movie is her basically trying to get to Tomorrowland. She eventually find is brought basically brought to adult Frank Walker by Athena, who at this point has been exiled from Tomorrowland because of reasons. He's mm. played by again George Clooney is now very dispirited and grim. Yeah, but has like a weird relationship with Athena because it definitely seems like as children. Yes. So let's let's, let's stick up. Because I want Let's to talk. stick a big pin in that because that that is sort of the emotional linchpin of the movie, which, which again like, is that as a child Frank Walker was recruited by this robot who is you know built to look like a human child girl, and as a child like it seems like child Frank Walker has feelings for this robot who looks like a child, and it gets paid off later and we can talk about it, but we're not going to do it quite yet. What we're going to no. talk about right now I think is. Is like I think that we need to like go back to the Bioshock thing and talk about Tomorrowland <laughs> itself because yeah. you know what we learn and again this is you you can feel that this is written by the person who was one of the like guiding creative forces behind Lost because the like the middle hour of this movie is a whole lot of like people like starting to have a conversation where they explain something mm-hmm. like there are a number of sequences where uh, like Casey is asking you know Athena what's the deal with Tomorrowland and it, Athena like starting to explain and then being like, uh, but actually I need to shut down now for a while, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a thing that happened all the time on Lost where someone would, like start to explain, here's the deal with the smoke monster. Oh, wait, I'm getting a call on the other line. I have to go now. I'll see you in uh, 12 episodes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I said exactly. I've seen two episodes. Of show. <laughs> it is occasionally very good. Yeah. And in retrospect, often very frustrating. <clears throat> Yeah, um, you know the big fat guy with the curly hair. Yeah, he was cool. I liked him when I was twelve. What's his name? Hurley. What's his name? Hurley. 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 That's it. It's a nickname. I don't remember what his real name. That, is. No, that's even worse because I was like, okay, that's just your real name. Nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I mean, but... it's clearly like this is a nickname that was appended to me by bullies, and I've just sort of stuck with it. That's the best names. Yeah, like me and Milkman. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But. So the, the fundamental, like, idea of this movie is there is this place that, you know, what, what we eventually learn about Tomorrowland is it is a place where, again, people of moxie, people of capability, people of vision, special, right. special people, you could say. Yeah. People who will guide us into a brighter future. We need to create a haven for them to yeah. build the, the society that only they can create, unhindered by the... Uh, Less enlightened masses. Yep. So I'm not going to Tomorrowland. No, I don't think either of us are going to Tomorrowland. You might go to Tomorrowland. I have definitely not. Well, it's a couple, only because of, I've dragged you down. <laughs> That's definitely not true. That's probably it. Yeah. <clears throat> I my my outlook is at best like later period Frank Walker. Yeah, Carl's going to Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. But it, it, <laughs> you are later period Frank yeah. Walker. Yeah. We're all gonna die. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to chill out in my cabin that I've heard, that I've fortified. Yeah. Like the like the, the scene where like the 
Terminator robots or whatever they are come after yeah. Frank and Casey in Frank's house, which Frank has turned into like a basically like a sci-fi Home Alone thing, just full of booby traps. Like yeah. that is a very cool scene. Yeah, let me let, let, let me tell you folks something about this. For like a Disney movie that is a sec that 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 that, that is essentially about like about like optimism mm-hmm. and like Epcot and like and like the literal Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom, a shocking number of people are. Capital K killed yes. in this movie. Vaporized, have their like robot faces blown off. Like, yeah. Like Brad Bird is not afraid of violence. Yeah. And this is like in a movie that like I was thinking about showing odd, right? Right, right. Because of course of course little little such and such came out while I was watching this. Mm-hmm. Right? And 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 I just goes like, Can I watch Tomorrowland? And I was like, I'm gonna watch it and let you know. And now the answer is, um, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, because you, you want your children to be pussies. Exactly, that's right, that's right. No, no, I'm going to let them, no, I'm going to show them 48 hours instead. Teach yeah. them a whole bunch of great words. All right, calm down. It <laughs> goes back to his mom. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm going to show him the last Die Hard, because he can read, so. But anyway, so a, going back to the point <laughs> about Tomorrowland itself, like the, the actual place in terms of what it is, so. There has been a read on Brad Bird since at least The Incredibles that he is, like, kind of vaguely objectivist. That Really? Yeah, that The Incredibles is a movie about how people... Oh, my God. People who are special need to be allowed to be special. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, the government... The government is keeping is keeping down... Or really, it's not even the government in The Incredibles so much because the government seems to want to use super superheroes. It's more just that... Public opinion of the unspecial masses is resentful of the special people. Oh. Ratatouille is a movie about a person who is, you know, not allowed to be, is a fucking, is, you know, I am a culinary genius and I'm not allowed to exercise my craft because people don't like what I look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this again is a movie about, uh, it's, it, it could be read again as like, a Galt's, Galt's Gulch or Bioshock type place where all of the special people are going to go and be unencumbered by the resentful masses. Mm-hmm. And um, their dangle union contracts. But I think it's tough to to say whether or not that's true. That's, yeah. That is a frequent read of his movies, but I think it's an oversimplification. You know what it's like? You know what it kind of reminds me of? What's that? It's kind of like a Reddit theory, you know what I mean, right? Like, 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 like have you heard the one for, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie about how, like, they're, like, a bunch of kids that died in limbo or something like that? Well, I don't think it's a Reddit theory. Well, I don't think it's a Reddit theory exactly, but, I mean, like, it's in that same vein insofar as, like, No, it's... I, 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 I disagree. But finish your thought, but well, I disagree. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, it certainly hasn't become tense right now. I, no, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, 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 but I think what I mean, like, by, like, when I say, like, it's a Reddit theory that isn't, like, to, like, because... Like, 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 I'm trying to think how to say this. So I understand what you're saying that, like, there is, like, an objectivist reading to his movies. Like, there yeah. could be, like, a Marxist reading to a movie or anything, or, or, or any sort of, or, or any sort of, like, analytical reading uh, uh, based on a certain school to any mm-hmm. anything, right? Um, uh, I think what I was talking about was, like, a, I thought you were saying that Brad Bird is an objectivist and that he's intentionally making objectivist-type movies. What? and. Sorry, finish your thought. Yeah, no, 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 no. And I was like, and I was saying like that kind of sounds like a Reddit theory because uh, I don't know, I don't know that I, I, I bet you the number of actual objectivists that exist that exist in the world is probably about a hundred. Well, uh, you know what I, I mean. I think the difference is like I, what I would think of as a Reddit theory is you know like all like it's popular to be like oh all Pixar movies are set in the same universe. Yeah. Like I don't. It's not like that. It is again. It is a critical reading of yeah. subtext, yeah. which is it's not you know just 
some fan theory that's thrown out there. It's it's you know unpacking a film and its meaning, yeah. which doesn't have to be intentional. Like Brad Bird doesn't necessarily have to have sat down and like been like I'm going to translate yeah. Uh, yeah. Atlas Shrugged into superheroes. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad Bird's spank bank is entirely Alan Greenspan and uh, and, and um, okay. You always have to make it weird. Wait, wait, wait no, wasn't it Alan Greenspan? Yeah. Sort of, but... Wait, wait, no, wait, who did she uh, date? Oh, shut the fuck up! Okay, but... Rob wrote a lot of really great erotica. But, like, it doesn't have to have been intentional for it to be there. Yeah. Like, it can be unconscious bias. Yes, um, yes. And not even, I mean, not even necessarily unconscious. Like, I think that Brad Bird, it, you know, being a filmmaker of... You know, some talent probably thinks about the meaning he wants to put into his movies. Yeah, yeah. Some talent who's been, like, kind of fucked around a little bit, it sounds Yeah, like. and I, I think that... The alternate theory that I have heard is that it's much more personal. It's not necessarily like ideological. I think the like the what we talked about with Brad Bird's early career being like him repeatedly being like, I want to do this right and people being like, Nah, that's too hard. Yeah. Let's not. And I think another rating I heard was that the underlying um sort of theme of all of Brad Bird's movies is just, let me be fucking good at my job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm Which, a special fucking artist, and you yeah. need to let me be a special fucking artist, and you can fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, I mean, like... Even down to, like, again, like, Mission Impossible Gross, Ghost Protocol, which is a movie about everyone saying, Tom Cruise, you're too insane. Tom Cruise being like, nah, I'm really good at my job. I'm gonna hang off the British yeah. leaf and now fuck you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm, Gross Protocol fucking rocks. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, no, no. And, 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 and... and and I think it is worth noting that in each of his movies that is about, like, special people being special, the heroes, like, in The Incredibles, and I think even in this movie, it's a little bit harder to unpack, like, want to use their abilities for the greater good. <laughs> like, it's not the purely self-interested, like, Atlas Shrugged thing. Yeah, just, exactly. I, I, I just want to get rich. And, that, yeah. and that's actually good. It is at least ostensibly for the benefit of mankind yeah. at large. Um, Bioshock 2. <laughs> and you can argue with whether or not is that is the correct way to like if you know this sort of like great man theory of history is really how the common good is achieved or bettered. But there's one great man and they killed him. Are you going to say Lenin? No, it's Napoleon. <laughs> Somehow weirder. <laughs> they didn't kill him. He died of natural causes. Yeah, but they they didn't. They help. killed his spirit. They killed his spirit exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Greater France. Yes, and Frank Walker is kind of the Napoleon of this movie. That's absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. genius who's been cast into, into yep. exile. Yep, and um, he's coming back. And guess yeah. what? They're going to send him right back. Yeah, <laughs> so they, so hey, what ends up happening is they, you know, they do eventually after a you know, complicated series of, you know, set pieces involving using the Eiffel Tower as a rocket ship at one point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, just, okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We will not be taking questions. Um, but... <laughs> they made the Eiffel Tower a rocket. Well, don't you see? That's where Edison and Tesla and uh, Mr. Eiffel and a fourth guy, I don't remember. <laughs> At one point, they're, so they, they, made, they have this whole backstory about how, you know, the, the like, the, 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 bio, the Galt's Gulch crew who eventually yeah. founded Tomorrowland was an, originally founded by, again, Edison and Tesla and Eiffel and a fourth guy who, again, I can't remember. And it wasn't Bell. No, it wasn't Bell. Uh, but originally, yeah. the fifth, there, was, there was going to be a fifth member who was Disney, mm. which isn't even quite right for the time period. No. Nope. But also, they had to be talked down like, 
guys, I know we are literally the Disney Corporation, but, like, people know Disney was weird. Yeah, we, Disney was weird. We, and, we can't pretend he wasn't problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. problematic. And also, like, I'm sorry, like, like... Just a dude who drew mice at it, it, like, like at that at that point in like the twenties. This is just a dude doodling mice mostly. You know what I mean? This is like this is like Tesla Edison. This is like men who of, of science. Yeah. It's just like it's just like a fucking guy from God. Where was he? It was from like fucking like Indiana or something like that. Some oh. goddamn crackerjack just being like. Just being like, I draw mice, but I'm afraid of them. Fun fact: He was afraid of mice. Anyway, what's it called? I know a fact. So, so that would have been so fun. I wish they had made it Disney. <laughs> but so anyway, we do eventually get to Tomorrowland proper, in which uh, this this movie again. So the, the whole idea is, you know, this is a movie based on the Tomorrowland attraction about you know uh, building this, the perfect city of the future, the perfect utopia. And you know, the movie asks, you know, what would that look like? What would that turn into? Uh, well, if if Disney was able to enact his vision of you know building this future city that all civilization would hopefully one day be inspired by, what would it actually look like? And the movie qu- quickly answers that question by uh, answering that uh, Juicero fascists. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. like Hugh Laurie, who is now God Emperor of Tomorrowland, you know, walk rides up in his like hover chair or whatever, and <laughs> dressed like the Galactic Emperor, and is it is like it's hard to deny that like. The movie does know, like, okay, if you if you create Galt's Gulch, like, at some point you will just get, like, yeah, you will just get a weird Hitler guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 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 like. And he's not he's not Hitler. Yeah, like, he doesn't want to enact. Well, he kind of he's okay with genesis. I don't yeah, know. Exactly, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, but... it, it's it's one of those things where like where like he's about as Hitler esque as like Thanos is. We're we're like we're like we're like Thanos is like. But it's not like because. Like Thanos, okay, and Hitler. Let's talk about real. People. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking Thanos. But like Thanos, like proactively enacted genocide. He committed yeah. mass murder. Like this guy, Hugh Laurie's Mister Nix or whatever, is like criminally negligent homicide. For, yeah. Like, so what what we find out is happening. The the whole falling out between him and Frank Walker, George Clooney, is uh, that they they ended up building this machine that using tachyons could see the future. Um, and there's this this scene where they they go up into the machine and it shows them you know what they saw the future that that this machine predicted and uh, it's weird that they somehow got the uh, footage from inside my brain yeah um, which is just uh, rising seas and burning cities and mushroom clouds and death and despair and, yep yep uh, and um, protests and <laughs> well I think I think it's more just anarchy and unrest yeah um, yeah yeah so they also got my mind. Because that's all it is up there, but just, like, being, like, all right, time to thrive. Yeah, and then, like, again, like, a countdown clock being, like, yeah, we don't know exactly what happens, but in 48 days, everyone's going to die. Yeah, exactly. Um, And basically, uh, Nix and Walker had a falling out over whether or not to do something about it. Basically, yeah. Like, like, uh, ultimately, (laughs) basically what ends up happening is, like, it's revealed that, uh, you know, Walker obviously wanted to do anything, do something about it, and like try and save humanity, and was 
exiled for his heresy because everyone's like, hey, the, the masses are doomed. They're, they, yeah. have, they have no interest in saving themselves. They're yeah. not worth we it. We can't bring them here because if we bring them here, they're just going to make here into there. They'll ruin it too. Yes, exactly. we need to keep our special clubhouse yeah. where only genius, geniuses well, are allowed. Only geniuses. Only geniuses. And they have too little moxie to enter tomorrow. Exactly. And yeah, you do not have an appropriate amount of moxie. Yes, go bang your head against the wall. Bro. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of your grandparents uh, didn't have moxie, so therefore you... <laughs> but... <laughs> But eventually, what is what is revealed is that uh, um, Nix is like, we actually did try and do something about this. We have been, like, beaming this signal to Earth somehow for years. And all it's done is, like, um, they've realized, like, subconsciously, they have all realized that they are headed towards collapse. But they all just decided not to do anything about it. Yeah. And there is, like, genuinely a... V- That's, I mean, an insane line in a Disney movie because... It's, he, he has this whole monologue that is honestly very insightful and yeah. completely depressing about yeah. how we all have kind of just decided to accept the extinction of our species because it's easier than doing anything about it. Exactly. It's like, ooh, that's a... That is... Man, that is kind of what we've that's done. That's dark for like a fucking Von Trier movie. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you get this in a Disney movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is... I mean, that's something that like if I read in like an in like an academic book, I'd be like... I'd have to like take like a walk around the lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is not expecting this in the goddamn moxie fucking Disney shut, movie. Shut the fuck up, house. <laughs> yeah, can you... Can you shut the fuck up for two fucking... Can you not? I'm... I have work in the morning, exactly. house. Exactly. What the? I'm like, I'm like, my kids are in the next room, asshole. Yeah. And I'm here just being like, oh my god, I've doomed them. Yeah. Fuck, bro. God. But uh, this being a Disney movie, he does have to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and even though, even though he's not. Maybe not. I. I don't even. Shut the fuck up. I know. I know. I know. Just become a Sicario with me. Sh- shut the fuck up. But, so, the, like, the movie, tur- like, from here the movie turns, uh, he's wrong, like, Casey's Moxie's gonna save us all. They have a, uh, they have a stupid right. fight thing, and, um, I, I wanna, I wanna quote, cause ultimately the, like, obviously the movie does not ultimately agree with Nick's. You know, it finds, like, his pessimism to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in and of itself, which, also, might not be a bad point. Might not be wrong. Like, you know, it's it's not like our problems are not solvable. Like, we know there are things that we can do to to mm-hmm. ameliorate a lot of what's what's coming and what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not, you know, it might be it might be beneficial to us all for us to like try and take some interest in in doing stuff differently. Yeah. But and, and I think the way that the movie goes about that I want to, rather than trying to explain the problem with it myself, I'm just going to quote from uh, A.O. Scott's review. I thought, I, can I be honest with you? I thought you were about to say AOC. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't believe she's issued a statement on Tomorrowland. You don't but, know. Yeah, but, but when did she win? Was I, it 2016? I doubt at any point in her campaign when she asked about Tomorrowland, Matt. But, but I would be very surprised. But no, A.O. Scott, who's the <laughs> one of the film critics for the New York Times, and was sort of like a, a, an early champion of Brad Bird, is like, hey, this guy is an important auteur that we should be paying attention to. <laughs> but he wrote this review about the sort of the film, the, like the problem with the film's messaging, not necessarily its message, but the way that it that it goes about telling it. Just uh, 
My son had a youth baseball coach whose way of inspiring his demoralized players was to stand at the dugout entrance screaming at them to have fun. Tomorrowland, Brad Bird's energetic new film, a shiny live-action spectacle from Disney, reminds me of that guy. There is nothing casual or whimsical about this movie's celebration of imagination, optimism, and joy. On the contrary, it's a determined and didactic argument in favor of all of those things, and an angry indictment of everyone who opposes them. False cheer can be just as insidious as easy to spare, and the world hardly suffers from a shortage of empty encouragement, of sponsored inducements to emulate various dreamers and disruptors, of bland universal appeals to the power of individuality. Tomorrowland works entirely at that level, which is to say, in the vocabulary of advertisement. God. Yeah. Fucking damn it. Like, I don't don't have anything that I could come up with myself to body the movie that effectively. (laughs) (laughs) Again, from... From a man who, like, just, like, a couple years earlier, been like, this is one of our great directors. And right. I, I don't think, like, regrets that statement. I think that no. he would still agree with that. It's just, man, you kind of missed with this one, buddy. Spielberg made Ready Player One. Like, yeah. anything can be bad. Yeah. Like, 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 not everyone's going to make everything good all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, that's just kind of, like, is what it is, and that's okay. Yeah. And, like... The way that this movie ends, like, after KC has saved the day and Frank Walker has decided to believe again, and they're reopening yeah. Tomorrowland, but they're going to do it yeah. right this time. And, and and Frank Walker has said goodbye to the love Ooh, of... We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to okay. that in a second. This is a whole other weird thing, but yeah. on this tangent, um, just they've reopened Tomorrowland, and it ends with this, like, montage that looks... That is, like, again, just, like, straight out of, like, a Pepsi Believe in Yourself ad. Yeah. Oh, my... It reminded me so much of the Kylie Jenner, the yes, Black which, Lives Matter one. Yes. Yeah. There's this... Which is just... If you haven't seen it, Google it. But back in, like, the first round of, like, Black Lives Matter protests, yeah. there's this ad where one of the Jenners... I don't know if it was Kylie or Chris... Someone, like, who cares? One of the one of the ones that was the... Uh, Doesn't not, matter. Not with the Kardashian. Not a Kardashian. Doesn't matter. Yeah. One of the Jenners... Yeah. <laughs> there's, like... Armored police on one side, angry protesters on the other, and she just walks No, not in. even angry protesters. Remember, they were holding signs that were like, begin the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, as ang- but like, as angry as you can get in a Pepsi ad. Yes, exactly. Which is yeah. not at all. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And she walks between them and starts handing out Pepsis <laughs> to both sides. Yes. And they all just smile and like, ah, we should all just set aside our differences <laughs> and drink a nice cold Pepsi. And like, the, the ending montage of this movie where you see these like, you know, like, Scientist interns and like you know, st- I thought, I thought... street performers for some reasons, and yeah, core volunteers all getting little Tomorrowland pins and being like, I'm heeding the call, yeah, yes. exactly, yeah, we'll keep fighting and we'll win, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, starship troopering into yes. Tomorrowland, yeah, but service there's... guarantees citizenship. There's like literally like a like a construction worker next to like uh next to a ballerina, and like, listen, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one, I'm not, I'm no labor aristocrat, but let me say something right now. What the fuck is going on? What sort of society are you building? Yeah, You're building it's, busy town. It's yeah. It's still not clear what Tomorrowland is. Yeah. Or what has changed? Like, are they letting anyone in now? Like, can regular people go to Tomorrowland, or is yeah. it still an exclusive club that's just populated by like and by by Moxie by, by buskers for some reason? Yeah, exactly. I remember when I worked construction, we were trying to figure out how to get. We we couldn't get a door up these stairs. Because it was like way too heavy, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't have a crane or anything like that. And we were trying to figure out how we're gonna get this like door up these stairs. And then some guy just said, "Hey, let's just let's just use the let's just use the bobcat." So we loaded the door into the bobcat, and using a bobcat, 
we just lit right right but then mm-hmm. we're like okay but then we lifted it up and then we said but then when it got to the top all of us at the top we were like it's too heavy for us to lift up by mm-hmm. ourselves right and then, and then the guy said i know and then a bunch of them got into the bobcat like 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 the like the shovel part mm-hmm. with the door and so they lifted so bobcat lifted them up on the door by the way not what a bobcat's supposed to do you're not supposed to ride a bobcat up mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we all pushed. So that guy, whose idea it was, he's going to Tomorrowland, I no. guess, because he had no. a box. No, 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 not him. No. <laughs> you, 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 that guy is the reason there's still a guest list to Tomorrowland. <laughs> <laughs> we were riding a box. <laughs> but, like, I, I still don't know where this movie stands on, like, are regular people okay? Uh, I, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not clear. Like, yeah. do, because, like, like the, the thing they really seem to take issue with with Nick's is that he stopped letting anyone into tomorrow. Exactly. Like, this is a closed society now. Like, yeah. And their whole thing is like, we need to start letting the geniuses back in. Exactly. But like, it's not clear how much their interest in humanity extends beyond that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, no. And it's not clear what, what their ultimate goal is yeah. other than building a bitchin' city. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. It's, 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 no, it's just Bioshock. They've just, they've just... Is it though? Like, is it going to be Bioshock that people can visit? Is it supposed to be like this is like our testing lab, and then we're gonna like introduce these ideas at large? Yeah, I it, don't know. You, you, well, well, do you remember? Did you ever play Bioshock Infinite? Yes. Remember how Bioshock Infinite, how the vision of the future there was? Yeah. When 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 what was it called? What was the place? I don't remember. It's been a few years. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Columbia, Columbia ends up. Uh, 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 invading America. Yes. 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 That Maybe was, that's it. That, that's what was gonna happen. <laughs> Tomorrowland comes to purge yeah. the sinners yeah. that don't have moxie. Yeah. <laughs> but you had one moxieless grandparent. You have to go to the camp. Okay. Oh. Last thing that we need to talk about. Yes. Which is. In- oh my God! Thank so, God. Sort of the, at the climax of the movie when they're having their big, uh, for like again like a Brad Bird film who's like. Very good with with action, you know, as, like, as demonstrated even by like the weird like farmhouse assault scene in this movie. Like that was a great scene. Yeah, I say. but the climax of this movie is kind of is kind of black. We... But, but the emotional climax comes um, at one point. Athena again, the little girl robot who recruited both Frank Walker as a child and now Casey as ostensibly a child. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, child's mind. In this climax, she is uh, critically injured. Or broken. I don't know what like you call Like mortally it. wounded, basically. I don't know what you say for a robot, though. Do you say uh, wounded or just... <laughs> uh, you, I, you don't need to go down this Yes, way. exactly, yeah. yes. I was trying to think of the actual thing. So you the, might the emotional crux of this movie is, again, adult George Clooney, Frank Walker, standing over this robot that is built to look like a child. Yes. And basically being like, I have always loved you. Yes, like, exactly. Like, romantically. I've yes. always loved you romantically. Yes. Child actress. Yes. And, like... And having this whole, like, recogni- like basically reconciliation scene where he, like, the thing that really made Frank Walker not believe in the future anymore is that his heart was broken by this this robot that could not love him back. And again, yeah. this, this, and, like, he is now at peace with that and is, like, at peace with humanity at large because yeah. of it. And they try to, like, thread the needle by basically being, like... But basically, like, being, like... They cut back to images of the two of them as a child a lot. Yes. To emphasize, like, this is when he was a kid, this is when he was a kid, and remember, she's a robot. Not really yes. a child, she's a robot. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah, uh, 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 she's actually not a child. She's actually, uh, she's actually an 80-year-old robot. Yes. Yeah, like, like, mm-hmm. but, like, 
But like, but like, I mean, they cut back to it and like, listen, I gave a lot of little girls that, that, that look when I was a little boy, you know what yes. I mean? And we all know exactly what look he's fucking giving her. Right. And they, and I think they do try to thread the needle and to be like, and to be like, she said she believed in him, but you know, really she was, and it's like, no, obviously. So can I give you my hot take on this? Yeah. This is obviously an insane scene. Yes. Like, it's insane that a, a movie made at this budget level, or really any budget level, ends with, just on a purely, like, actor level, an adult telling a child they have always been romantically in love with them. Yes. Um, again, that's not what it is on the story level, and, like, the ride they have built, it makes sense that this is where they en- ended up. Yes. It's insane that you built that ride that exactly. ends there, but it makes sense. Exactly. It, like, legitimately makes sense from a character like, thematically, perspective. thematically, yes. What I will say, again, acknowledging all of that, acknowledging how insane this is, I think Clooney sells it. I, and I think that I think the child actor sells it too. Yeah, no, and honestly, that's what was the most fucked up thing about it. Was <laughs> yeah. was that was that it was beautiful, yeah. and it was like I can, I, I refuse to have an emotional reaction to this. What the fuck? Exactly. What are you fucking doing? Why couldn't she? Like what? Why? What? Why? What? <laughs> yes. What yeah. the fuck? They're they're both really good actors. They both are really good actors, and they can sell some. Bullshit. If they yep. need to. Yep. Yeah. And the entire time that was happening, that you know that 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 music from Kill Bill, the wee wee, yeah, was just going off in my head because I was no, like, I just I just kept thinking like, in like all like just this is not normal. <laughs> this is not normal. Someone just tweeting like this is not normal over a, over a clip of it. This is not normal. I mean, I mean, I mean, like someone had to edit. Like someone have to like 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 someone watch this movie. Like they don't just take movies and then just go. All right, we're done filming. Let's release it. They yeah. go. They go. No, someone has to watch it. And someone approved the script. Someone yep. approved the dailies. Yeah. Someone approved the finished product. Yep. And 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 everyone's just like, this is fine. Yep. And 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 immediately. And you and Rob and I are are are. Wait, we 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 get somewhat lax about it every once in a while. But what's it called? But but. But but we're usually pretty good. We're usually pretty good about like not talking about the movies too much. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we'll have like 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 maybe five minutes worth of conversation. There's a little peek behind the curtain. Well, maybe have maybe five minutes worth of conversation about the movie, mm-hmm. right? Right? Like 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 one, like off pod, and then we'll just kind of be like one or both of us are just gonna be like we gotta stop talking about this. Yeah, we gotta yeah, stop yeah. talking about it, right? We talked about this specific thing <laughs> zero. We talked yes. about it not at all. I think we, I think we both looked at each other just at like more than once. And we're like, we gotta save it for the. Bottom. We gotta save it for the bottom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, this is, the, but this is the, and, and, and that's what I say. This isn't like we're the weird ones because we didn't make this. No, no, no. We, but we just both were like, this is like some weird like a femophilia type shit going on right now. This is some. I, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I mean, there's the thing. Is Again, that, the most insane thing about it is that it, from a story and character perspective, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, look, you made you you made sci-fi Lolita. All right, congratulations. I don't know what Lolita is. Yeah, but. I don't know that they did. Like it's again. He's not a pedophile. I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, like if, but just looking at like again, just looking at the actors who are speaking to each other, it's weird. It's so weird. No, no, because like that's the thing. Is that like? Is that like? Is that like? Look, like there are like women, or, or well, now they're women, right? Right. But like, but like, but like people like I went to like like 
you know, like uh, elementary, middle, and high school with, right? That, like, if I met them now and we were both adults, right? Like, yeah, like, there would be a little bit of, like, attraction dating back from, like, when yeah. I was that age. Again, it it does kind of make sense, in yeah. all, except for all of the ways in which it really doesn't. Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, and that's the thing, is that that's something that's played with, I mean, in so many movies. I mean, Gross Point High, yeah. uh, other movies, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, again, this is, I actually... You usually just don't have one person still a child. Yes. Again, and, like, to be honest, I think that's... Again, it's weird enough that it is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's just, like... I don't... I just... I don't know. I don't know either. Again, this is... It's one of those things where, like, there's so much in this movie that is so interesting that it, it's frustrating that it ultimately doesn't work. Yes. It doesn't hold together as, like, a whole. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I should love this movie. Yes. Yeah. But like, and that's the thing is that like I think like that I think AOC said it perfectly, right? <laughs> and when 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 she when she when she dragged them. Yes. Yeah. No. And 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 that's and that's really. I mean, I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah. That's that's Tomorrowland, baby. Yeah. It's I. It's of. It's, it's strangely not on Disney Plus. Yes. Um. Yeah, but, yeah, hilariously not yeah. on Disney Plus. But uh, if if you'd like to watch it, uh, could I recommend that you not and watch literally any of Brad Bird's other movies? Yes, yeah, yeah. watch The Iron Giant. Oh, incredible! Every uh, one of his movies except for this one, I think, is a great movie. Yeah, no, I, yeah, the man, the man has made some real bangers. Yeah, I think like his worst movie is Incredibles Two, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Right. <laughs> you know, Anthony Lane, the uh, film critic for the New Yorker, his review of. Uh, Incredibles 2 was entirely about how horny Elastigirl made him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I did. No, I did. And everyone made fun of him. And I was like, let the man talk. Let the man talk. <laughs> and has important things to say. When he literally makes a joke about, like, his boner boinging, like, pop- popcorn, like popcorn off of his lap. There's a joke in The New Yorker about a film critic's boner, like, going boing because of a cartoon character. Let the man <laughs> talk. Thank you. All right. So, <laughs> what have I been watching? What have you been watching? All right. So, I have been watching a lot of like Christmas adjacent movies recently yeah. because we were actually recording at least this latter half of the podcast on Christmas, which is actually cool and not sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. No. We're we're cool men. I just uh, yeah. But I, I, I have mixed feelings Just about... Just another day for me, really. As a genre, I have mixed feelings about, like, Christmas-specific movies. Because I find... Like, there are obviously classics in there, like It's a Wonderful Life. Which, again, is, like, actually a Christmas-adjacent movie. It was not made as a Christmas movie, like, specifically. It was released in, like, July... Or something, and just became a Christmas movie at, over the course of decades. Does it take the the, the end of it? Is it the Christ- like the bookend sequences take place on Christmas? Yeah, and they sing "Old Lang Syne" on Christmas. I don't know. Don't worry about it. it. It works. It does. But like you know, a lot of Christmas movies I find kind of cloying. So I tend to watch like Christmas adjacent movies that have like feelings that I associate with the ceiling with the start with the season, but aren't like specifically about Christmas. Like uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, which is a great movie about like. Which, about, like, I am kind of driven insane by all of the people in my life. They're all fucked up and weird, but also, at the end of the day, I deeply love them and need them. Like, it is mm-hmm. this, like, 
very sad and melancholy movie about like failure and disappointment that is also and like people who are deeply fucked up and kind of sons of bitches but that is also ultimately deeply ultimately like redemptive and yeah. like warm-hearted and it's like you yeah exactly yeah um, exactly yeah yeah um and then uh, another one that I watched that is another favorite of mine, just because it is so fucking weird, is Batman Returns, <clears throat> which is the second and definitely final Tim Burton Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Where like the first one was such a success, he could do whatever he wanted, and he did whatever the fuck he wanted. It is Danny DeVito acting his ass off. Yeah, it is line. one of the weirdest studio movies ever made. Easily, like the Easily. the first Batman movie is like. You know, it's a Batman movie, like, filtered through the lens of Tim Burton, but it's a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns is, like, a Tim Burton movie that Batman shows up in, like, every 20 minutes to be like, yep. hey, this is still a Batman movie. Yep. But, like, like the the main point of the movie is, like, what if you were uh, a huge freak who hated Christmas because you were raised in the sewer by penguins? Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah, and you know how penguins live in the sewer? Yeah. And raise human babies as one of their own? <laughs> exactly. And that somehow having that happen turns you into, like, a... Uh, oh. Bile spewing monster with flippers for hands. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that therefore so cool. you also want to eat all of Gotham's children. So and maybe cool. also be mayor so that you can uh, grope women. <laughs> it it is also just one of the horniest superhero movies I've ever seen. Like oh my there is God. so much like leather and latex and oh yes yeah. yeah. Now you know Michelle Pfeiffer like I think like she like could only be in her outfit for so long because it would like literally like slowly asphyxiate her. Yes, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And, like that's like another insane thing about this movie. Like every other Batman property, like Catwoman is like a cat burglar who took her branding a little too seriously. Yes, exactly. And this is like, nope, she died and was resurrected as a cat. She has nine lives, we will not be taking questions. <laughs> It's such a weird movie. It's about so... wanting to eat children on Christmas. It's... Because you live in the sewer. And also, Christopher Walken is like Manchurian candidating you to be mayor. Exactly. So that he can like build a re- what they call a reverse power plant. They do not really explain it more than that. He's just an evil department store guy. <laughs> an evil department store magnate. Department store billionaire that we all know so well. But that's... But that's incredibly, like, what, what, what was that movie? Was that movie 1991? Uh, early 90, 91, 92, something. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. In early 1991, 1992, yeah, like, department store magnate. Yeah, that's... that's... But, it, but it doesn't even feel like it's set in the 90s. It looks like a fucking German expressionist. Yes. It's, it feels like it's set in, like, Metropolis. Exactly. Like, like Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there isn't actually, like, a United States of America. It's There's weird. just it's Metropolis. Weird. It, yeah, yeah. Um, Good job. Then watch Toy Story. We did watch Toy Story, which is also great. Yeah. yeah, and we noticed a bunch of things. First off, um, the animation is trying its goddamn best for the day. I, th- I think it works well. I, yeah. I, I also recently watched a bunch of like early pre-Toy Story... Um, Pixar? Pixar shorts, when they, were, when they were literally just trying to figure out animation. Mm-hmm. Like, some of it, you can see how they built on it to make... Um, like stuff that looked better, mm. and some of it is like from a nightmare. Yeah, like one of one of like one of their first shorts is this one uh, that was it's called like Toy Tale or something yeah. like that. Um, and like there is a, a baby in it that is the most <laughs> horrifying thing I have ever Just seen. Pure uncanny valley. Yeah, it looks like if someone tried to build a baby using like. 
PS1 graphics. Good God. It is truly unsettling. Just yeah. awful. Yeah. Terrible thing. Kill it with fire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we also noticed that there's a lot of really... <laughs> but, like, there, there is, like, I, I, I like the way Toy Story looks. Yeah. But I also... Toy it's, Story It's, you know, it's a famous, like, I don't know, but it's known that, like, the reason their first few movies were about, like, toys and bugs, like, things that were plastic, you know, yeah. was because, like... We cannot animate a movie about people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, the people in it are don't people look great. It, yes. Look interesting. Yeah. 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 And also, they try to lynch Woody over and over. <laughs> yeah. It is like it's 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 got some dark corners to it. It does. I enjoy. Yeah. No, it was great to see. Yeah. 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 That I completely missed me when I was a kid. And then I'm watching it, and and Mr. Potato draws a noose on an extra sketch. I don't think I missed it. I think I knew what, the, what was going on. I was just. I don't think children are as sensitive as we think they are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Children actually have it right. Yeah. Children are just vibing. I have two children. Those kids are vibing. They love cake and juice, and and they just run around all day. Yeah. Every once in a while, I see a movie where a guy threatens a per- another person with a noose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they're just like, and they're just like, damn, that looks threatening. <laughs> and that's it. What have I been watching? Um, I've watch- been watching Toy Story. Yeah, no, Toy Story, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, some of it. Um, uh, fucking, fucking. Yeah, no, that's it. No, and I've just been listening to my two favorite Christmas songs over and over again, which is War is uh, Happy Xmas, War is Over. And <laughs> is that the exact title? It's something like war that. War is happy. Xmas is over. over. Yeah, war is over. Uh, if you want it, war is over now. What's it called? Uh, and then, um, yeah, yeah. So by John Lennon. And then I've been listening. Literally, this is all I've been doing. I've been listening to those two songs. Well, uh, Happy Christmas, War is Over by John Lennon, and 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 Fairytale of New York by The Pogues, featuring. I want to say Reba McIntyre, but I know that's not who it is. It's by some <laughs> Irish lady. And Reba yeah. McIntyre. Yeah. yeah, 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 you know. From yeah. County Cork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. But, I'm listening to those but, I, but yeah, recently I threw into the mix. You know what I threw into the mix? What did you throw into the mix? One guess. What did I throw into the mix? Uh, Christmas and Hollis. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I haven't been able to enjoy that since I was a kid because I was just like, yeah, I'm not into like funky Christmas for some reason. <laughs> like I'm not, like, like I tried listening to, I, I, I opened up um, like Beastie Boys Pandora because I've been going through a real like, like, like fucking hell yeah, Beastie Boys phase. And all the Beastie Boys I listen to, I love. And then it played Run DMC, like My Adidas. And I was like, I'm not listening to this. Okay. <laughs> But a song I loved Run DMC when I was like a kid, but now I'm just like not What's doing it. What's the third song? We'll be having oh, yeah. a wonderful Christmas, yeah, time, which I, you're which you were completely right about. Yes, yeah. Again, like I, it's a song that's just about being high as fuck and looking at Christmas lights. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, it it rocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've just been listening to those three over and over again, and I've been telling myself I'm gonna watch Bronson at some point. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, we need to send each other movies. We actually don't. Why? You have no ability to remember anything that happened more than a day ago. Do you? <laughs> I have a goldfish brain. <laughs> so I thought that this was uh, going to be uh, you know, news that we were both delivering, but apparently it's news I'm delivering to you that we agreed upon. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about how you know, when this started, we, we, we started doing this in, like, deep quarantine. Yeah. When there was literally nothing to do. And, you know, both of our lives have changed a lot since then, gotten busier. How's and, my change? Uh, 
Yes. Hasn't at all. Yeah. Um, everything is regular. Everything's um, completely regular with me. But we have less time. And this is, you know, we were, I don't, I can't, the, my laptop screen went black, so I can't see exactly how long we've been recording, but I'm going to guess uh, five hours. Yeah. And that's tough to do every week. And yeah. it's probably tough for you too. It is entirely too much content. Yes. So we're going to start doing this uh, on a bi-weekly basis. Yeah. And, you know, we've both had busy Decembers and I think we're probably going to take a little bit of time off, you know, before mm. we start up again. But in the meantime, we wanted to give you a bonus episode. Which we had discussed. Apparently, you don't remember this, man. Uh, I remember us discussing it. I don't remember what it was. So, the movie that <laughs> what we, movie we were watching. The movie that we had settled on was uh, Serenity. Um, not the not the, not yeah. the Firefly one, um, but from I think like 2017, maybe even starring 2019. Al Pacino, starring Matthew McConaughey. Oh, sorry. And I think Anne Hathaway. That's which ooh, I love Anne Hathaway. Which is uh, by all reports one of the most bug nuts movies of the decade. And I, I'm imploring you, Matt, and possibly you, listener, do not read anything about it until you have seen it. Okay. I have had it spoiled for me, and it, I am so disappointed that I know what happens in it, because it is so weird. That happened to me with Usual Suspects. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, I believe, even dumber than that. I am yeah. incredibly excited for that. So yeah, we'll be back sometime with Serenity, and then we will eventually resume a normal recording schedule when we both feel like it, and... Uh, if you have a problem with that, you can suck on my balls. Fuck, uh, fuck you. Yeah, you can DM me on Twitter at um, at at, at Jomney Sun. Uh, <laughs> I actually run that account. Okay, that is actually believable. He has your syntax. He does have my syntax. Yeah. Yeah, I am an alien. All right, so that's it from us. I'm uh, gonna fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> and uh, with all that being said, I believe that uh, all that is left to say is simply. Having a wonderful Christmas time. It was uh, in perfect harmony. That was in perfect harmony. What are you doing? Well, very, very good. Very good. Bro, we're great singers. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see you eventually. I'm not gonna lie, just all the time stuff. Uh, <laughs> fuck off and die. <laughs>
Never too early for it, Dr. Pepper.